2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Merkson, a.k.a. Full Metal Merk, and we have a very special guest with us here today. Yes, we do. Introducing Lady Momo-chan. Say hello to the people, Mo. Hello, guys. How are you? <laughs> oh, we're doing, doing awesome good. now that you're here. Thank you so much for coming through. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. So for the folks out there who may not have heard of the awesomeness that is Momo and her Chan, what are you all about? What's going on? What do you do? Where can we find you at? So I am a gaming personality and a content creator, as well as a journalist. I'm also an entrepreneur myself, so I have my own business. I mainly focus around anything nerd entertainment, nerd culture, so that includes video games, comic books, TV shows, usually around nerdy stuff, you name it. That's all around me. I do a lot of video game playing and content creating on YouTube and Twitch, and I also run a full-on media journalist business. Awesome. I, uh, we're going to get into exactly where to find you and all your channels towards the end of the episode. We'll make sure you get a chance to plug. But I'm really curious. Your website, I've had a chance to check this out. It looks amazing. I love that you have this squad of like content creators. It's called the Anime Gaming Network, correct? Yes. We also go by AGN for short. AGN for short. What is the mission statement of AGN? Like, What do you want people to know about it when they go to check you guys out? One thing I realized when entering into the world of the nerd industry, I went to school for basically business and journalism, and I want to join companies like IGN and GameSpot, but as you become an adult, you look around and you notice, hmm, there's not many people that look like me in this setting. Why is that? And that makes you also discouraged to try to apply to those jobs because it's like, will they even hire me? So I mm. wanted to make a nerd journalist business that was full of color and full of different backgrounds and maybe people that may have disabilities that's still a nerd to people that may be LGBTQ or even just different ethnicities of culture to come in. Because at the end of the day, we're all nerds. So why don't you see somebody who looks like you in journalist media when it comes to games and anime and stuff like that? So I wanted to make a media journalist place where you can definitely see somebody who looks like you that's a nerd. So you don't feel by yourself because I'm pretty sure there's still some people that feel by themselves. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's yeah, cool. no, right on. I love and celebrate the different perspectives that you're bringing to the table. And I completely agree. I think even as someone who has a lot of representation in the media, I really would like to hear people's opinions other than my own. So to me, this is valuable as well. I was really excited to discover that you had your own media network and I've been checking it out this week and it is crisp and clean and professional and like you know I was checking out all your content creators straight cheeks king zerker curly league <laughs> like yeah. just to shout out a few and I would love actually to meet them and maybe get them on the show sometime but you, you seem to have a really good mix of gamers journalism talking about different things in nerd and pop culture 
anime and gaming including, of course. So mm-hmm. I think for listeners of our show who come here for the news and perspectives we bring, I think that this is a natural extension. And I hope towards the end of this episode, a lot of our listeners will go out and check you guys out because I really do believe it's worthwhile. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No yes, problem. If it you. wasn't for my team, oh God, I would be a mess actually. That thing would look like a mess if it wasn't for my whole team. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had a whole argument with me about changing the text color. And I was just like, but can we just think? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever won that argument has a good aesthetic eye because it looks great. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get into what's going on this week with the peoples. Derek, let me ask you a question, sir. How's your week been going, man? What's been going on with you? Oh, man, it's been it's been going. Uh, it's been going. So <laughs> this week, my wife has tasked me with basically cleaning up all my shit. Mm. So Mo, I am a reseller. So a lot of my inventory is like just laying around the house. Just so wading through like toys the, and games. Yeah, and like <laughs> the living let me, room's let me a mess. Let me just reiterate what girls say. Men, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've got. She let me use her office. I had stuff in her office. I had to clean out the office. Oh, I've got man. like a back inventory room and a back office, and I'm using the living room and everything. And so she was like, "You need to stop going out and getting stuff." And you need to clean up what you got and post what you got. And I'm like, hey, call now. (laughs) The hunt is so intoxicating and it's so, oh, I love it. Yeah. If she she loves you, she supports it. She'll deal. Because I learned that when you love someone, it's about compromise, honestly. Yeah, but it, it it is out of hand. Like I, even I can <laughs> even I can admit that it's out of hand. So I've been spending most of the week just kind of going through sorting stuff, and of course the week that I'm home and going through and sorting stuff, daycare is closed for two days. Oh, and my daughter brings home a stomach virus! Yay! Woo! So my daughter she barely eats anything, right? She'll ask for like a bread sandwich, which is just bread and salad dressing on it. I don't know why. Wow! Like we're not poor. We have food for you to eat. She just is extremely picky, and the thing she chooses to eat is that. That's on brand. So yeah, right. And so one night it was about nine o'clock, and I got some steak and shake. I was being a bad boy, Ooh, and so bad. she started eating some of my fries, and I was like, "Oh yeah, eat them fries," because <laughs> you're eating something besides bread (laughs) and then she like immediately lays down and goes to sleep and then she wakes up and i go check on her and she's thrown up all her fries oh no i'm like no baby girl you know give her a bath and i'm thinking to myself okay so it could be it's just because she ate these fries she laid down and that's why she threw up or she could have the stomach virus that one of the kids had I really hope it's not the other thing, but it turns out she had a stomach virus because the very next day, there I was, throwing up my bacon pub burger from Wendy's. <laughs> and it was so awful. I woke up from a nap and I was like, babe, I got to go to get on the toilet. <laughs> so the fries. I told y'all it's about to get y'all in. It's, yeah, it's going to get real graphic. And so I saw on the toilet and I'm like, oh, babe, can you bring the pot? Oh no, it's out of both ends. So she got the pot to me in time, and it's coming out of both ends, man. And I'm just like, oh Jesus. I'm holding the pot in my lap, and I like throw up so hard, I pass out for two seconds, drop the pot. Jesus, dude. Fall over to the side of the toilet, and I'm just like, and all I hear is, babe, are you okay? And I can't say anything because I'm disoriented. You know, like, I know she heard this pot, (laughs) and my entire 250 pounds hit the floor. That's rough, buddy. That sounds almost as bad as when I got salmonella. <laughs> oh Dude, my gosh. It was so bad. 
it was so bad but thankfully it was like throw up one and you're done yeah okay yeah because yeah yeah so i threw up and i was pretty good for the rest of the night i went to sleep and the next day i was good so it was terrible but on to better and brighter news yeah i did pick up some vintage slash early 2000s action figures so i got some marvel some ninja turtle stuff got some sonic toys like just a bunch of random toys from the early 90s some from the 80s that are oh, now wow, posted up on the ebay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more and no lady mo i am not an action figure collector i just sell the mugs so oh okay, okay. I <laughs> yeah i am a video game collector though more so reseller now like i used to have a collection of over like a thousand games and then i eventually just sold most of them off because, I mean, it was all about providing for the fam. So that's what I ended up doing. I said, I, if I want a game so bad that I need to buy it again and play it, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have all this space for all this. For a personal collection and inventory. So I'll just I'll just loan the game to Derek when he needs it. It's fine. Right. And vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely trade back and forth for sure. Well, cool, but man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what's Same. going on. Same. I am a video game collector as well. But since the pandemic, it's crap i gotta get things kind of digitally now so yeah mm-hmm. well it sounds like what you need is a good thrifter slash reseller in your corner Ooh. i happen to know one <laughs> his name <laughs> his name is Man to the rescue yeah, full metal Merc. <laughs> full metal Merc, baby well yeah well we'll get a chance to plug the store again as well definitely i have to check out those action figures yeah they sound actually kind of awesome so mm-hmm. all right well I'm trying to think of what else happened this week. Little Nas X happened this week. You guys oh, seen that video sure from Montero? Yeah, all Gosh. over the place. The yeah, Christians did. are in the uprise for this one. They're a little upset. Christians and the moms. They're a little upset. <laughs> he started to ascend to heaven, and then he took a stripper pole all the way down to hell, down and it was the most <laughs> epic thing I've ever seen. And then he just proceeded to teabag Satan. <laughs> right. So I want to talk. I want to talk about this real quick. Yeah. Uh, I showed my wife because I saw it first, and I was like, yeah. "Let's see how she reacts." And she's like super progressive. She doesn't care. Like she she loves all people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so she. <laughs> it was wild though. It was wild. Right. It, it was wild. But the thing that pissed her off the most was the tongue. <laughs> when he licked himself. Oh, yeah. Really? Well, yeah, in the beginning when he's playing Adam and the snake Mm -hmm. and the snake like lays Adam down and then they zoom in on his face and he takes his tongue and I never thought you could be more sensual with a tongue than this. Like he just pushes his tongue like almost into his own stomach and I'm like, whoa, he tasted himself. (laughs) I'm like, that's that's what made her upset. (laughs) <laughs> just the tongue part no one's talking about that and then i showed it to her sister she said the exact same thing she's like oh i don't want to see your tongue <laughs> <laughs> they both have issues with tongues it sounds like apparently but yeah i uh, okay th- but wait she didn't have an issue with the whole cardi b tongue all out with a whole bunch of girls oh no she 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 said that too she's like i don't even like seeing cardi b's tongue out oh, i don't want to okay. see your tongue <laughs> I gotta admit, when he pressed his tongue into uh, his stomach like that, I felt some type of way. I was like, oh, I don't know if it was oh. butterflies or vapors. Oh. Yeah, I had a moment. I had to or collect his myself. Fat package. <laughs> yeah, I did get to see a lot of his fat package in that video for sure. <laughs> <laughs> them, them boots. I mean, wear them boots, man. Seriously. Holy crap. Okay, and he could walk in those boots too. I yeah, can't even do that. I will break my neck trying to do that. I was telling this man to live his motherfucking truth because he was living that shit. <laughs> yeah, he lived He good. was trolling like a mug too. Oh, the he only trolled. thing, you know what? The only thing I cannot accept in this whole video 
Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. no one will tell me to accept it. <laughs> it's them goddamn baby hairs on that wig. <laughs> on that wig. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? We, where are you getting that from? We don't do our baby hairs like that. Where did that right. come from? Lord mercy. I mean, that whole video was doing the most. So, of course, you got to do the most with baby hairs. <laughs> oh, man. I, it was I do great, not though. accept them. No. Little Nods, I'm talking to you. I do not accept the baby hairs. But what about them bloody the shoes? Look, <laughs> right. I want to get them Satan shoes. I low key, I, I no lie, I kind of want them. Satan the fact shoes. that they they sold out in like under a minute is mm. like oh yeah, blowing yeah, my mind. I'm not but even a like, shoe guy. I would rock them for sure. <laughs> but like just mm-hmm. the fact that Nike is uh uh-uh, you're not dragging me down with yeah they got with the publicity. Well, because when I when I saw the shoes, I was like, damn, that's a lot of shit going on like that shoe mm-hmm. well, that hard as fuck though <laughs> yeah no they are if i was but nike like, i'd have been like yeah let's do it i mean just the, do it black and red that's my job i don't really think that like it's a human blood in the shoe like no of course saying. not i no I, I don't, no, no I it is it's a that. it's a drop of human blood yeah. mixed with some some sort of ink maybe okay, if somebody that's cut true their, i feel like their it's finger a finger on a paper just yeah, yeah like prick them paper cut i feel like it's a story to sell shoe. yeah i feel like it's a story but even if it is true cool <laughs> i don't know right. i don't know what to say cool. it, they look they look clean so yeah those are but like fresh ass shoes rocking the six the six, way, six but on they, the side but nike, the 10 18 oh, oh snap <laughs> but the fact that nike like won their first lawsuit against these guys and i'm just like okay well Oh, that was quick. To me, that I was, was like, fast. well, good thing they're not coming after Lil Nas X. That's what I'm just saying. I was like, he mm. just partnered with them. That's mm-hmm. it. He didn't, mm-hmm. you know. Don't come after well, Soldier Boy the for the Soldier Boy console. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> this a Soldier Boy console? Well, that's new to me right now. Oh, this is year. That's years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a that's two or three that, years he, ago. He basically put, slapped his name on one of them bootleg Chinese consoles. Mm-hmm. He was uh, like, okay. Soldier well, Boy's console got everything. It. It's got Mario. It's got Crash Bandicoot. It's got... God of War, got like he was just naming. He was he was crossing all the franchises, and I was like, "That's not like a bootleg Chinese console." It was right. <laughs> Is that a bootleg Chinese console? Is that a bootleg Chinese console? I got even bootleg Chinese consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman, tell him. Speaking of consoles, just have you guys heard about the whole KFC console? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we reported on that uh, a while back, actually. When it, What episode was that? The KFC <laughs> the console. console. <laughs> Why do chicken. I feel like that console is trying to project to black people? <laughs> <laughs> you already know. You already know. Yeah, like, I mean. Don't it, pander. Don't pander to us. <laughs> but we, we talked about how if your computer is hot and if it's running hot enough <laughs> to <laughs> eat chicken, you got issues, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's my God. That's a problem. Yeah. If I had the money to throw away, I, I still don't know if I'd actually buy it, but it, it's hilarious. I got to give him that. Mm-hmm. So good marketing. I still think it's a troll. I really do. Yeah. No, I mean, they actually did. They actually they actually made it and sold it. Right. I, I mean, it was like a two thousand yeah. dollar because they use a two thousand dollar graphics card. So it was like a two thousand right. dollar console. But yeah, it's it's still silly for sure. Speaking of silliness, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this or if you've heard a whole lot about it, but. I saw this on Twitter. YouTube was sending messages out to content creators that they are planning on getting rid of the dislike ratio on videos. The way it would work is it would show likes and it would show the dislike button so you could still click it, but it wouldn't show the number of dislikes on a video so you would only see the number of likes. Well, yeah, why I even have the dislike um, button? I'm feeling see, some type of way about it, but I want to hear your opinion, me, Mo. Okay, well, me as a content creator, we kind of already see what that does to people in a way. I feel like having the dislike button there 
is a humbling thing. And just the reason why I say that is because, like, we take Instagram, for example. I'm a big user of the Instagram. And all you see is a bunch of likes, right? All you see mm-hmm. is a bunch of likes. You have some people who will definitely get big-brained mm-hmm. and think they are the shit because <laughs> they're just getting all these likes. And they're not really seeing the dislikes of something. And, and also, I think that also helps control and give knowledge of the content creators should be coming out with. I think that just taking away that dislike also helps with the viewers a mm-hmm. well. And then you're taking away that help from the viewers to know, like, is this something I should honestly watch? Is this worth my time? Mm-hmm. Um, how will the algorithm work with that? Because mm-hmm. it seems like algorithm picks up likes and dislikes ratios. Are they going to change that? Is this a way to give maybe everyone a fair chance? Are you trying to... I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it so people can't dislike. But, like, the real question is, are you just mad because you got the most dislikes on that YouTube Rewind? Well, they Is that the real reason why? Yeah, they mentioned on the release that they're doing it in part to assist with creators' state of mind or their well-being. And I have an opinion on that, too, but I'll save it. Uh, Derek, what do you what do you think? I just feel like it's kind of pointless to have a dislike button if you're not going to be able to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you guys said, it probably has to do with algorithms and mental health and blase blase. I don't know all of the in-depth jargon and all that stuff to do with the analytics of YouTube. So I don't really have much to say on the subject. So well, okay. when it comes to like when you're saying like the mental health, there has to be a time where creators, because I, I know creators, especially small creators, will go really, really hard for their content. I mean, doing it almost every day and just trying to put out content almost every day, every week, because at this time they're trying to hustle and make this their job. You know, if you're doing editing yourself and God, editing is just, whew, it's a lot. I see Ooh, why they charge so much <laughs> yeah. for it. Like, yeah. I understand how, I like, if, if an editor comes to me and they say 500, I look, I understand. I understand. I, mm. I get it. So to be doing, like, if you're doing those editing skills yourself, then trying to put out a video, record the video, that's tiring. And that's too much. We need to make it used to like creators having breaks and just like you need to have a break without it being detrimental to I guess your uh your income that you're trying to do or how you're Mm -hmm. trying to do but then to I get kind of where they're trying to come from in a way because to then do all of that and then put that work out there and then get all these dislikes in a way where someone cannot mentally handle it yet I get it you're trying to figure out the steps to move forward with helping that at the same time i'm so iffy about it because i I get the message i get what they're trying to do but it's almost like it's too late you know what i mean it's kind of too late and at this current time it's really a factor in how content is received i don't see really a point in it because the damage is already done let's try to find a different way to help these creators maybe if you're trying to go for mentally put in enforcements for like making it not detrimental when they leave for a little while to just have a mental break from the situation because that's how you get so many creators that burn out you know try to find Mm -hmm. other solutions other than just that i feel like there's so much they could have did and i felt like that was the bare minimum 
Yeah, I have a little yeah. bit more of a cynical take on this. So I will say that you already have the option to completely remove the like-dislike bar if you want. Mm. And people do that. And typically when they know that things are going to be hotly controversial and they just don't want to hear it, they'll turn off the comments too. A lot yeah, of times to right. avoid bullying. But here's, here's the issue I have. They say it's for mental health, but the content creator can still see the dislikes. Like the dislike button mm -hmm. isn't disabled mm -hmm. and they can see the number of dislikes when they're in their creator studio looking at their videos. Mm -hmm. So people can still click it and, what, and whatnot. The, the reason why I have a bit of a cynical take on it, YouTube seems to play host to and promote and display a lot of extreme content, especially right-wing content. And I say right-wing because a lot of times right-wing content is a lot better funded because billionaires support right-wing viewpoints because that's how they're billionaires. So you have a lot of that already really highly produced, highly pushed, highly marketed content. And the only way really people can fight back or show disapproval of that type of content is with the dislike. But now these channels can completely remove that visual indicator that mm -hmm. what they're saying may not be on the level. Like you said, people can look at the videos and go, hey, what's up? And now they can push propaganda even more easy because they can not only control the comment section, like delete comments if they want, but now they can control where you can only see the likes and not the dislikes. Mm, I did not look at it from that angle. Okay. Yeah. Also, like when a bad trailer drops, like everybody talked about how hotly contested. Uh, let me pull an example out of the air. The Ghostbusters reboot, right? Everybody was just like, just yeah. like, just like a lot of bad faith dislike because they're like girls in my Ghostbusters. But then also Blech. people legitly going, wow, this is bad because I was one of those. I was like, oh, it's kind of bad. I want it to be good, but it's bad. And so you see that huge dislike and you're like, OK, well, what's going on with this thing? You know, it gives people that, like you said, that heads up. So I dislike this move, <laughs> let's just say. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I think you either just need to remove the bar altogether or you need to show both the likes and the dislikes because people should have the right. And again, algorithm-wise, you want people to press either button because that does actually help the algorithm. People think if they dislike a video or comment something mean, it hurts the creator. It really doesn't. It might hurt right. their feelings if they're thin-skinned, but that, <laughs> that, that actually has the algorithm go, oh, this is engagement. People are interacting with this. We should push this video more. So, yeah, I, I really hope they don't go through with it. It sounds like they're set to, and my opinion is all you're wanting to do is just push big business, push your cynical trailers, you know, made just to, to play on people's nostalgia, push your right-wing content without people being able to voice their opinion. Very clearly and succinctly right underneath the video, this sucks, we don't like it. <laughs> so that's my opinion. It also reminds me of a whole trying to shut some, maybe you got some really profound opinionated creators, especially mm -hmm. like progressive creators up there, mm -hmm. that they may be trying to, to let everybody know about something this or, or something that. And, you know, people now, personal journalists now, too, they find out like the real truth sometimes when it comes to people as personal journalists. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't want that being pushed. So I never even actually thought about that way because I, I, I now realize like when I go on YouTube, I'm getting actual news stuff I see. Like CNN mm -hmm. is up there and ABC mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Fox and all them. So I'm just like, I'm, yeah. you know, I never I just now thinking about that. There is a lot of regular TV up there now <laughs> at this yeah. point. Yeah, because they realize that, you know, a lot of younger people, people in my generation and younger will come mm -hmm. to YouTube for the news rather than watch TV. Yeah. And 
but you're right. They don't push the little guys. They don't push progressives. You don't see mm-hmm. Humanist Report or Rational National or Kyle Kalinske, like you, uh, Rising. You don't see a whole lot of that being pushed as much as regular news, which I feel like already leans right because they're all millionaires or actual right wing content. So. That's my political corner for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, one thing, one epic thing that happened this week that I know you guys were excited to talk about, and I'm really excited to talk about, that Godzilla vs. Kong dropped. Yes! (laughs) Kaiju battles. Oh, Oh, man. I can talk about that all day. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I I wanted to watch it with the fan, but we couldn't fit it in this week, so I ended up staying up late last night to try to fit it in, and I'm glad I did. I really, really enjoyed it. I want to hear from you guys. What did you guys think about it? Uh, go oh, ahead. Man, there were so many debates. I, Spoiler look. alerts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> we're going to talk about this freely and completely. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was so much debate. But here's my thing. Like, okay. This is a Kong versus Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. If Kong would have won, this movie would have made no sense. I'm just saying. It oh, okay. literally would have made no sense. The, it's the, the fact that it's Godzilla, King of the Monsters... Like, just, have you seen Godzilla's anime? Godzilla didn't even use all of its full power on Kong. Just, mm. That's a different Godzilla, though. That's a no, different no, no, no. That's a different Godzilla. Godzilla. Nah, okay. Nah. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm saying. Okay, they so did my a lot boy of different dirty. Because okay. King, Kong, King Kong was my boy, and my I boy. wanted him to take that, that W. Oh, God. But okay. when he took that L, I was like, you know what? We're going to accept that L. And when Godzilla... <laughs> roared in his face and he roared back and he's like all right little homie got heart <laughs> right. like, i'm gonna let you win. <laughs> he did shoot him a luke like yeah, i respect did. i beat your ass but respect <laughs> but yeah like it was real weird for me because one kong was getting in that ass yeah like, especially when he came down on him with that axe he had some like, highlights for sure when you see what he does with the axe later that should have killed godzilla when he came down on him with that axe but you know yeah all in but all, as, like, again, the human shit, don't need it. Oh, I know you kind of yeah. got to have it to move the story along. To be fair, you know, like, there was a little bit of drama when the little girl's life was in peril, like, on the boats. Like, the first encounter yeah. when they're trying to ship King Kong out to Antarctica to go to the, uh, what do they call that place in the middle of the Earth? The Hollow uh, Earth. Hollow Earth, the thank Hollow you. Earth. And Godzilla notices them, and he swims after them. When the ships are being turned and, and the chaos... And King Kong is not only drowning, but the girl he's trying to protect is drowning. That human element brought a little drama for me. I was tense. I was like, oh, my God, King, yeah. King Kong, you got to get Well, no, like, boat, those humans were necessary. The ones that were with Kong, necessary. The only one humans right. you actually needed in this movie were the ones with Kong and the bad guys. Yeah, you're right. Eleven Billy Bobby Brown crew. and them, <laughs> yeah. they they didn't need to be in the movie, especially her Billy dad. Billy Bobby Brown is just for publicity because she's, like, famous from Stranger Things, so... I kind of liked the whole conspiracy angle with Bernie, but I, like you, I agree it was underbaked. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're not going to flesh it out completely or make it more integral to the story, remove it. It was kind of a cool way to get perspective over to the bad guys. But again, you could have yeah. just cut to the bad guys. You didn't really have right. to have them there. So I, I get you on that for sure. But um, he also was there for comedy relief, to be honest. That's yeah, exactly that much, what he though, was there like, for. Like, that's the main thing. I did release. I did find them a little funny. But uh, again, if, if I don't think the movie would have been diminished. And this is how you know, like, when you got a little bit of fat on your movie, you need to trim. If you mm-hmm. can completely remove them and it doesn't diminish the overall experience. And I could say with confidence that I agree with Derek. 
if there that trio was removed from the movie, it would have still been just as good to me. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and the fact that so. they relied on the trio to defeat Mechagodzilla, I was yeah. like, eh, I don't think and that was necessary. Yeah. And like there were some things in there that was just like, okay, what are you showing this to us for? For instance, the eggs. The skull well, crawlers. nothing never ever happened with those eggs. So what was the point of that cut? Yeah, you know, I, I get that what they were doing is basically transferring kaiju that they would then test against Mechagodzilla. But to your mm. point, they already established that when they were like, open number 10. We didn't need to yeah. see how they got the kaiju there. Again, they used it as a vehicle to get them there. It's underbaked. It's just underbaked. Yeah. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And Although, I think the movie didn't really kick off until that boat scene. In the beginning, I was just like, come on, let's get yeah, to it. Yeah, that was like 40 on. minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Well, luckily, the movie isn't that long. It was under two right. hours, which was nice. I was expecting it to be like a three-hour epic, and I was really – I was settling in for that. And mm-hmm. I realized that it wasn't going to be that long. And then it just kind of kicks it up to 11 from the boat scene to Hollow Earth to all uh, the fights. And introducing – can I just say, introducing Mechagodzilla and the way they did it, awesome. The whole psychic yeah. link with Ghidorah's mm-hmm. heads or whatever, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Ghidorah's taking his revenge. Yo. <laughs> It's so dope. And um, can we just say for the record, recount, it's uh, Godzilla two fights, Kong only won one against Godzilla. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't even... But don't Kong won Kong two fights because any. he won one against Godzilla and he won one against Mechagodzilla. Mecha. But Mechagodzilla. Yeah. But he, we're ta- he won we're talking with an about assist, real. Actually, I don't even consider that Godzilla. I consider that the other guy that wanted the revenge. God, well, consider this. Mechagodzilla <laughs> kicked enemy. Godzilla's ass. I'm just saying. He, yeah. okay, and he then did. Kong beat but Godzilla. But see, see, here's the Mecha thing. Godzilla. That's the only... That's the only gripe <laughs> anybody that wants to say this Kong people got. That's all he got. I was like, okay... Yeah, of course he he lost to himself. I mean, it's itself. Right. That's why almost like the whole. Let so me go like to uh, the Nega Scott. This was the Nega Godzilla. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Like, but it always to be happens. fair, to be fair, Scott Pilgrim didn't lose to Nega Scott. They became friends and went out and got coffee. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if Godzilla just been like, "Hey, bro, you want to just ditch this whole Hong Kong fight and go get some fish?" I bet Mecca right. would have been down, but he didn't think of that because he doesn't have galaxy brain like Donkey Kong does. <laughs> yeah, Here, Donkey here's Kong. another thing with King, with the... King Kong got that act like he can use crude tools. He's a monkey, y'all. He right. was like, "Look, He's I'm gonna monk. grab this. I'm gonna grab this axe, and I want you to heat it up." He probably he, he gave Godzilla a look like, "Hey, charge this for me, please. Thank you, sir." You know, right. that's that's it's fucking terrible. Fact- I, charge my I phone. knew I knew <laughs> that Kong was going to lose in the trailers once I realized about the whole axe thing or the weapon. I was like, mm-hmm. he's going to lose. If you need a weapon to fight Godzilla, you're going to lose. Just point blank. How many times did Godzilla almost die? First of all, I knew Godzilla wasn't ready for this fight the moment he almost died from a flying snake in the hollow world. Come, just, and the humans needed to help him out. How many times is the humans going to help you? No, it was a lost cause. You should have knew. You lucky but that's that Godzilla why... didn't even nuke you because that's what he does to his opponents. He usually nukes them. That's kind of why Yo, I like King he, uh, Kong. King Kong, he he has the power of friendship and teamwork. He's got support. <laughs> he's got a squad. You know what I mean? He's more I so relatable. Appreciate you trying you know, to just be like he's just I trying to chill on skull. Yeah, I gotta get <laughs> give my boy. <laughs> but no, seriously, like I mean, you want to be a lone wolf or whatever and be a badass. That actually got Godzilla in trouble because if he had friends like King Kong, then that he wouldn't got bodied by Mecha. In fact, in the end, King Kong being convinced 
to help Godzilla is what helped Godzilla prevail. Otherwise, he would have failed. In fact, if you go back to King of Monsters, Godzilla would have failed if it wasn't for Mothra. You need a squad. I'm right. saying. But where were the other Titans in this movie? Like, they just <sighs> sleep. They just said they were defeated. It wasn't called Titans versus King Kong versus Godzilla. It was called Godzilla I'm just versus saying. Kong. So I'm, just I'm just saying. saying. Just saying. All the Titans, all the Titans were basically in a. They saw what happened still. to King Kidora, you know and they're like, "We ain't getting in the middle of that right. shit." We, yeah. You know what? My favorite part of this movie, I think, was when they were getting the power source for the axe, and yeah. Godzilla felt it, and he was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> and he shot the beam <laughs> he down blast to, the hole to Hollow Earth. Earth. That was crazy. <laughs> and then they look at each other through the hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it was. It was like that was actually one of my favorite parts. It was just like he was like, "Oh, they right here." Oh no! Here mm-hmm. we go. Ah! <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm gonna deal with these other fools. Let later. me just they <sighs> down below me. Let me just nuke that area real quick. Hold on, everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll be back with this tech that's I'll over here back. trying to beat me. But be right back. now, save me some. Kong is down below trying to get an axe. And I like nah, that they really knock that ass hand. They really leaned into the destruction. They didn't worry too much about. Oh, we can't show Godzilla killing somebody. They both just went bananas. Oh yeah, many yeah. people died cool. that day. Yeah, many the people did that day for sure. Look, can <laughs> we talk about how Hong Kong civilians went from five hundred thousand civilians <laughs> to maybe fifty thousand civilians? Bro, like <laughs> those poor people. Like, like the whole time I was actually watching this movie, I was just like, "Yup, they dead. That building, yup, they dead. Mm, dang. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a they dead." They had a short little scene where they were evacuating or going to the little Titan shelters, but I'm like, there's no way they completely yeah. evacuated. There's just no. no damn way in hell. No. So, oh my and god. And I was narrating their whole. What do you, what whole, do, you do when you just see a? What would you do if you just see like Godzilla just coming up, popping out of the water, and he's fast too in the water? So like, do you think you would have time to reach that Titan shelter? Well, like, before like, or after I shit my pants? Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Running like, with shit, uh, running down your legs. Seriously, leg. though, would you think you would have time to even run to a shelter the moment you saw his you him gotta, approaching? Man, I can't even sideways. get my son out the door to go to the grocery store. I feel like halfway through getting his shoes on, we both get stomped on. So it'd right. be over for me. <laughs> Family man, you're done. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nora, come on. We got to go. No. <laughs> I want my bread and my salad dressing. Right. Uh, and, right. you're, and you're dead. Like, uh, <laughs> well, right. so much for that. Uh, right I think on, that's right enough for uh, Godzilla movie, talk. Though. We could talk Great, about that yeah. the whole time. Yeah. We could, we could. Well, I, I, I would recommend it to our listeners if you haven't checked it out. Now, the cool thing about HBO Max is they have all the previous Godzilla movies. I don't know if they have the original Godzilla before King of the Monsters, though. I didn't see that. But they have a they lot of Godzilla do. content. They have Kong Skull Island, that original one that introduces him with Samuel L. Jackson. Check those out beforehand before you see the main event. It'll make it that much more sweeter, I think. And, uh, you know, and I, I also would recommend watching the Godzilla movies, the anime movies on Netflix right now. They are amazing. So I, I will recommend that definitely, too. Cool. 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 Yeah. Got a lot of a lot of kaiju content to catch up on, folks. We need some alien stuff for the next movie. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of content to catch up on, though, Mo, you have your own media network. I know you got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I want to give the floor to you. Tell us what's going on in your world. I want to hear about it. Oh, man. So the first thing I really want to talk about is this anime called Yusuke. I'm probably saying the name wrong. Yasuke. Yasuke. Okay, there we go. Yasuke. 
And the fact that like they're making this anime and, and they're talking about the first black samurai in mm. Japan. And I'm ex- so excited about this because it's the first time we're going to, well, not the first time because we had Afro samurai, but like mm-hmm. a real story conveyed off a real person turned into an anime. And I'm excited for this because this tells a little bit, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of fantasy still in this because it's anime. But it's giving the story of a black man, one of the first to learn, all of us nerds wants to learn right now is like freaking Asian culture fighting. And this this man did it. He, he was a samurai. Like, I, I can't tell you how many nerds, and especially myself, would love to be a samurai. <laughs> but, um, and just to know, see that this, this yeah, just to see that this historical story being told of the first black samurai, it's really interesting. It's coming out April the 29th, if I'm not mistaken, mm. on Netflix. I believe the company is the guy named Flying Lotus. I think he's part of that company, or he's either the main. Oh, it's Flying Lotus doing. Is Fly Low doing the uh, soundtrack? Oh, I guarantee you, he's going to probably do the soundtrack. I guarantee That's awesome. you. Like, if he's the person that helped with making this anime come to life, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's going to put his music in there. Yeah. So, um, um, Derek, we talked who? about Thundercat before. He, they're in the same yeah. crew. So. Yeah, yeah, they are. Oh. And like, I mean, who hasn't heard of uh, um, Flying Lotus? I mean, if you watched Adult Swim, they played a lot of his music. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he's like the New Jabes of New Jabes. <laughs> oh, God. Rest in peace to him. Yeah, rest in peace, New Jabes. But no, like Flying Lotus is like that, but obviously American. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see him. Wu-Tang, I think, you know, heavily inspired Afro Samurai. And now we got Fly Low's take with a real-life historical figure. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Let's go. I'm, I'm, and it's going to have a supernatural yeah. element to it, too. So let's go. <laughs> I like it. I'm I'm actually really excited for. I can't wait to uh, see this anime when it drops. And then also, I don't know if you guys talked about this earlier, but like, did y'all talk about the fact of like the Avatar Studio coming to Mm -hmm. life yet? Oh yeah. Oh man, I'm really excited about that and seeing what they bring forth to this. You know, to Nickelodeon doing this because I think Nickelodeon, if I had to say, probably. Can we categorize Avatar as an anime? I don't like that's so I hard. I think it's unofficially been welcomed into the anime community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. I would say that too, but like the, it's the first time for them to now dedicate a whole studio to Avatar. I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah, for that, it's that good of a yeah. show. Another thing, I don't know if you guys know, but this week, I think it was on April the first, actually, the Suicide trailer officially dropped, mm-hmm. and I was oof floored by that like when i looked at the trailer i did, are you supposed to feel awkward about it because i felt really awkward about it i don't know are if you that's talking just about like, the suicide squad movie or, or yeah the, game. the the movie there's okay a yeah game? yeah oh, there was a second trailer they dropped okay mm-hmm. yeah we i saw the first trailer i didn't get a chance to catch the second trailer did you derek yeah okay yeah well i know the first trailer drop it was more so just showing the characters mm-hmm. and they're like art i remember the first official trailer of like what's happening in the movie dropped on i believe april the first if i'm not mistaken that mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. okay showing everybody you know the usual of the whole you know detonating chips in the head and everything i was actually surprised to see harley quinn back in there that part is um making me scratch my head because i'm pretty sure in the the first one she got out and then then she had a whole movie where she was just free 
So how did she get back in that situation? It's more so my question right there. I feel well, like this, this is, is a more soft of a reboot. Soft reboot. Yeah. yeah. So I think they may take some liberties. They kept some of the actors I think that did really well in their parts. Mm-hmm. But DC, obviously not as methodical and well thought out as Marvel. So they've made mm-hmm. some missteps. And I think that they recognize that the properties themselves are popular. They just need to handle them a different way. Now, mm-hmm. it could be, to your point, that they do try to work it into where she's back in the squad for whatever reason. Yeah. Could be. I mean, because she is a criminal. Could be she was set free, mm-hmm. got in some trouble, got rearrested. Who knows? I mean, right. I mean, that's how it goes in the comics. That uh, right. Revolving doors at Arkham, baby. But, <laughs> um, yeah. but I mean, I'm taking this. I'm like setting those other movies aside, and I'm taking this as its own thing. And I'm gonna try, just like I did with the Snyder Cut, unsuccessfully. I'm gonna try <laughs> to watch this without being influenced by what came before it. Right. Yes. Another thing I want to talk about also is like, and this may be a little girly for you guys. I don't know yet. Uh, hey, hey but... you know what? Most of our audience is women, so go for it. Yeah, that's creamy. <laughs> so, like the whole thing of this Powerpuff Girls live action. Coming oh my god! CW. Sugar spice and yeah. everything real life. I don't Sugar. see. Okay, this scares nice. me because for girls that may have watched the Weeks Club or whatever, I wasn't one of the girls that actually watched it. I was more like, oh, I love the artwork and every they're all pretty, and yeah, I, I love fantasy. The boys that watched it for some reason. <laughs> and but like i definitely am one of the girls that watch the powerpuff girls no doubt about it so how are they i just i'm so scared for like them just doing this i get that we had a great television childhood we did we really did the 90s mm-hmm. kids had great television childhood we had great shows in the 90s mm-hmm. but like if you're going to reboot them i just i just need whoever made Scott Pilgrim. I just need him to direct all of live actions. Just Edgar Wright. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let him just do all that. Because anybody else, I just feel always disappoints. And so with this whole Powerpuff Girls live action coming to CW, I'm in to the CW of all places. Yes. I'm just <laughs> no, I have no faith. I have no faith in it <laughs> at all. My expectations are low as well. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. So I have very little expectations for this show that's a running Um, joke uh, on the show actually we were talking to kitty sapphire and we were like when we say things are a little cw it's not a positive thing (laughs) it's not not. i mean the only good thing i saw really that came from the cw is i want to say the flash i actually did like the flash okay Mm -hmm. Um, the first few seasons of that yeah. I never caught it but respect i've seen some clips and you know people i trust say it's pretty decent so i'll uh, i'll buy that yeah yeah let's say the flash there's some other news we want to talk about. It's kind of like the ending that we just got for The Promised Neverland. Spoiler and This man spoiler? has never seen it. Yes. Th- yeah. this, is, this is a little bit spoiler. No, but... Michael has never seen it. So yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, I'm not going to... Well, I don't want to honestly spoil it for you. I just want to give you a taste. The I'm okay with is... that. Yeah. I'm not like <laughs> super hyper against spoilers. So as long as you don't mm-hmm. flat out spell it out for our listeners. And we'll still put a spoiler warning, of course. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Sure. The thing about it is first season, everyone was like, it's great and you should watch it and everything. And I I watched the first season. It was 
immaculate. It was amazing. But then you go into the second season, and I, I'm actually a manga reader because I, I could not wait, so I start reading the manga. Mm-hmm. But it, when you go into the second season, it's vastly different. And I mean, like, vastly, vastly different. Mm-hmm. And it feels almost like the studio, for whatever reason, was trying to just hurry up with the story. Like, they really rushed the second season. And it didn't make it good. It didn't make it yeah. good because it was so rushed looking. Like the kids the growing up so fast. Like the, it's, mm. the, it's the fact that they grew the kids up so fast. I get that you're trying to like, okay, let's grow them up. But like the fact that they rushed the second season, I just saw so much potential in the second season that could have happened. So much more story that could have really been told. I'm trying to figure out why was the second season rushed and and I haven't looked too much on Japan's side because usually if Japan don't like it then America ain't getting it usually and if, if it's doing good in America they'll probably try to rush it and, and show mm-hmm. you like you know this is what it is like I'm getting like vibes from like Dead Man Wonderland which I absolutely mm-hmm. have no clue why Japan did not like Dead Man Wonderland but it did so well in America mm-hmm. and I'm like is it the same thing that's happening over here where it just was not well received in Japan and it just got rushed over here. And I, I just don't understand why they took a potentially amazing story and just crushed it. Huh? Ah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no. could, so, could be budget. Did they change the writers for the second season? Do they, you know, no, so what, what happened was the writer of the manga was on as an advisor. Mm. And I guess people didn't like the way that the manga went, which mm. I don't believe. Cause I, I read the whole manga and I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. It's good. I don't know if they didn't have the budget or they just wanted to push out a show real fast, but they basically skipped like three arcs in the manga. Mm-hmm. They cut mm-hmm. out entire characters. They took stuff that happened in those arcs and like moved them around in this show. And then they just completely wrapped up the show with the second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did like a slideshow of events that happened in the manga, but weren't shown in the show. It's real sloppy. It's the worst adaptation probably since Tokyo Ghoul's second and third season. I, I <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rough. I, I love The Promised Neverland. And they, 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 I did, too. I did, too. And, I, and as I was watching it, I was just like, wait, why is it? ending already is this end like I, I i was watching where my viewers because i i, I mostly host anime on my twitch um we do it kind of at night because we watch scary stuff and then mm. we watch anime and um we was watching it together and i was just like wait is this it wait are they finished already no mm. wait what mm. and, and they put this also this big epic moment in they i guess to try to make it like come to a climax but it was just it was great, but like it's already over. Well, I don't. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. It feels like there was so much missing from it. It was just. Yeah, maybe I just it can wish get that they could extended it more. Yeah. I hope that they do bring it like a Brotherhood from Full Mile Alchemist. I hope they do do something like that. It's always possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's always possible. Other than that, there's not too much news that really happened this week. They were a little quiet besides us doing a a monthly rewind on Nintendo, basically. And it's basically talking about the games that was coming, like, of course, Monster Hunter Rise Mm -hmm. and Apex Legend. I guess probably even get an update or something like that. But it wasn't too much this week that uh, happened with news. Okay. Um, Besides, like, the new maps coming out, uh, Dead by Daylight, if you're a player of the Dead by Daylight series, stuff like that. 
Great, great. Well, you mentioned earlier before we were recording, and I'm not sure if you still want to discuss it or not, just how you're feeling overall about being a creator in this space, you know, right now. And you had some stuff you wanted to discuss about TikTok, I believe. Did you still want to talk about that or? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so I don't know if anyone, I, I'm pretty sure actually everyone, if you're a TikToker, has seen the whole viral thing of like the Addison Ray girl going onto the Jimmy Fallon show and doing a literal black TikTok dances. And it, oh, it yeah, the side by side. Me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it frustrates me because this is not the first time this happened. Of course, it's not the right. first time. Right. We saw the same backlash when it came to Charlie D'Amelio and the girl who made the Renegade. And the original girl who made the Renegade was like a dub smash creator. She made this dance and then brought it to TikTok. And then you seen Charlie D'Amelio just pick it up and do the dance with no credit. And then it's just rise to fame. You see her rising to fame. Meanwhile, this girl was sitting up here trying to say, hey, I created this. Hey, I created this. And no one's paying attention. Mm -hmm. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing with these two kids. And the sad thing that I don't like about this is one of the kid creators I already follow, and he was just doing his regular dance. And he was like, hey, guys, I got followed by Addison Ray." And I'm just like, why are you happy about that? That means she's, she, she literally to just shit. took your yeah. dance. Right. She took your dance and made profit off of it. And mm. then she followed you. Do you not think that it could be her watching you? Because this mm. also reminds me of, if you guys seen uh, Bring It Bring On. It on. Yep. And the girl, yep. you know, she was like big redhead coming here with the camera and just record us. Yeah. Mm. It's bringing and, on and a real and, life, man. We're seeing it play yeah, out before our eyes. It, it's sure. real life. And they were telling you that back in the day that they do that. It was just like, oh, we, we think it's for entertainment. No, these things really happen to black creators all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's at some point people actually have to say, hey, you know what? Black creators are the blueprint at this point. Because a lot of the times, all those dances usually that get popular nine times out of ten they're by a black creator now hence the only dance i could say that was that got popular that wasn't by a black creator was the whole i didn't even notice but that doja cat one that one mm. yeah and that one was by a different creator but look how fast she got recognized by that dance and then actually kept her dance creative like kept her credit mm. that's ridiculous so this girl would be able to create the dance, keep it, get the recognition, and get to be in that music video and everything. Meanwhile, the black creator that's doing tons of dances to get this app popular is not getting any of the credit. A lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, are getting shut down by TikTok. Mm. Shut down. If they're saying anything political, if they're trying to get anything help out there, if they're just creating, if they're just having fun, they are getting shut down from community guidelines that don't make sense. A big one is really with uh, people saying the N-word. So like, for instance, I, I seen a TikToker who was just like trying to point out that this white girl was saying the N-word mm -hmm. and they didn't mm -hmm. say anything. They just showed, right? They showed the video. Mm -hmm. And the girl saying the N-word and that black creator got muted or taken down for bullying. Meanwhile, the person that she showed still has the video up Ugh. of them saying it. Mm. At this point, you are specifically targeting 
POC creators because it's happening a lot with POC creators, uh, especially black creators, but it's also happening with Asian creators, Native Americans, anybody who's really speaking out Hispanics and um, all that. But meanwhile, you have these large creators literally stealing content and getting famous off of it. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. it's just at this point, the bad thing about this is trying to tell POCs to just either leave the app or stop creating for these creators and just you can't tell black people that because that's their happy place creating is their right. happy place yeah mm-hmm. smiling and goofing off is their happy place and I, I realize as black people our one coping mechanism is to be hilarious that's why every mm-hmm. time you meet us we are hilarious <laughs> that is a coping mechanism and and you can't stop them from just trying to have fun even though there's just a lot of crappy stuff just going on around them how do you stop somebody's coping mechanism that other people are profiting off of yeah, yeah you gotta start your own stuff mm-hmm. what you're doing right now is one of the solutions i think another thing is just calling people out i saw that on twitter the side by side and the thing that pisses me off, I mean, I know this isn't the biggest issue, but if you're going to copy it, you know, one, credit it, but transform it or do it better. The, a lot of these mm-hmm. white creators that steal shit, they're worse. They're way worse yeah, at I was, it. I was literally just watching suck. the video and I was like, oh, wow, she's not doing very good at all. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell and that like, they were created by black people. Yeah. yeah. And, and then when you watch the, them do you it, hear you're the like, argument. Ugh. You hear the argument of, oh, well, she was on live television and the way the black creator was doing it was too seductive. And then, the, oh. what? No. Which is no. racist as fuck. It's just like, yeah. there's a different it's, standard. It's really definitely. sexualizing this little girl. That's what they just did. And what really pisses me off is Fallon's house band is the fucking roots. Right. Mm-hmm. Roots. Why is Quest Love not pulling him aside like every other day? Like, why? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You sell out. Stop stifling people, like, you know, talking shit about Amazon. Stop promoting these thieves. Mm-hmm. Stop promoting, like, this culture. You know what I mean? You know, or, yeah. or we're going to walk. Like, he doesn't deserve a house band like The Roots. You know what I mean? Like, that pisses me off, too. But mm-hmm. uh, I could rant all day about Fallon. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, we just it's, we need to call people it, out. When it comes down to it, it's money. It's yeah. money. Yeah, it's money because and what people are deemed more, deemed more marketable. We still have all these yeah. old, white, racist execs that think you're not marketable unless you have a lighter skin tone. You're not marketable mm-hmm. unless you look a certain type of way. And, and that's the type of attitude we got to work against. And, mm-hmm. and another thing I just noticed is just like, I have to think about the demographic here. People of darker skin tones, black people usually do not have the wealth in this country. We don't. So when we do get wealth it's like for for instance i could tell you without a doubt being poor and just not having accessibility to trying to find wealth or it's just always feels like jesus getting taken away from me or just like i keep being in this pit and it's just i can't get out i can't get out and you Mm -hmm. finally have this way out and they give you this money they say well here I'll, i'll give you 50 grand if you dance around for me and be my entertainment well, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. This sucks, but that sucks too. But at least I'm not in that situation anymore. So let me go, I guess, sell out, you know, just to have yeah, a living. Put my hat and my shoes on. You know yeah. And I ain't mad yeah. at people that do that, but you're right. That doesn't get to the root of the problem. And mm-hmm. then when you do what they ask you to do, when you find those bootstraps and try to pull yourself up by them, they cut mm-hmm. the straps. Mm-hmm. They do. We see they it all do. the time. 
any time somebody gets any kind of platform of success, if they're not the right demographic or the right color, they sweep their legs out from under them, mm-hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. shitty. Yeah. Sweep the leg. And that that also reminds me. For instance, this group that I'm with called the Blacker Gamers, which is centralized in the UK. And how many guys actually come to the group to be like, hey, why don't you let in um, black men? Or, hey, why don't you let in <laughs> other white women or, or uh, Hispanic women? They're just like, no, it's for us because we do not get the recognition, period. So right. we have to. I understand we want to help all you, but right now, guess what? The leader of this is a black woman and she wants to help black women because one in the gaming world, they are super harsh to girls. And then just two, they're just super, super harsh to black women because apparently we don't exist. Black gamer Mm -hmm. girls don't exist for some reason. And like, I'm just like, we out here you just choose to ignore us and then when we do tell you you want us to name the circumference of goku's dick i'm just (laughs) (laughs) like like we we out here but like this point you making our eye roll and be like you know let me just go back into the corner and so therefore we have to have now this space to ourselves we have to also admit that like along with coming with oppression for black people there's also oppression for women as well in in a different way way Mm. (laughs) yeah i actually did a write-up on jn lopez uh Mm -hmm. the woman the woman that started it i used to do a lot of writing for the gamer community at my job and they just kept asking more and more from me and giving me less and less it's trillion dollar company so i kind of took my creative juices and i focused them elsewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. mainly into this show but i remember learning about the community because if i were if i remember correctly it started five or six years ago is that right? Oh, yeah. No, about, um, oh, yeah. Probably, uh, actually, a while ago. When I first joined that group, I was mm-hmm. maybe like young adult, teen, going mm-hmm. into young adult, 20. Like, I was around there, like still teen and then going into the 20s when mm-hmm. it, for when I first heard about it. And so I was just there, just in there, sitting quietly and talking with the girls um, in mm-hmm. there. And it was a small group at first. Yeah, and then, you guys started um, out. Was it on Twitter or Facebook? I think it was, it was on Facebook. Face- Facebook. It was on okay. Facebook. We started. Our, it was really small, mm-hmm. and then I just like you know I started doing my own thing at one point, so I, I started leaving Facebook. But then when I returned, it was like a huge community, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Get to see more girls my people. that play games. Yes, it's just like my people. I'm coming home. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys were able to keep your integrity because I feel like when you become more prominent, people mm-hmm. want to use you as a proxy for other work. And there is a lot of adjacent work and causes that are worthwhile. But I also see the value in hyper focusing and going. Look, we're underrepresented in this gamer space. We want to be united and have a group in this gamer space this is what we want to focus on don't co-opt us for this don't ask us to be a women's group don't ask us to be a poc group i totally get that and conversely i like the fact that you then use that platform and that network to start your own thing you know what i mean where you do have you know that that larger group of people because you can still have both you don't you don't have to like try to open up every single thing or be a part of every single thing so that's awesome that you're part. I didn't know you were a part of that group. That's great. Yeah, they are pretty dope. I think it's good for people to know about it, though. And I, I'm glad that you brought it up because I think there's a lot of women out there who may not know that they exist. So that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear it's still growing. Well, cool. I'm still to this day trying to get my content over to like women because every time I see my contents like 
it's a bunch of men. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. mm-hmm. can let me get some girls, please, because I want to talk about some girl gangster shit. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, our audience is majority women. It's like 60-40. So hopefully, if anybody's interested, I would highly encourage them to go go check out Lady Momo. She's hilarious. I, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of your videos. I love the ones where you play a horror game and you speed up the audio. So you're like, oh, shit, yeah. oh, shit, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> yeah. I was doing the same thing. Like, I remember I watched you play Resident Evil 3 Remake, and I was remembering what it was like my first time when I ran into Nemesis. And I was like, this is exactly what happened to me. <laughs> I'm like, please, don't hurt me. What, what were you saying? You were like, I don't want the D. I don't want the D. Yeah. <laughs> like, he grabbed the tentacles. I was like, oh, this is going south quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it reminded me so much of, like, hentai. I watched too much hentai when I was a kid, man. That's ruined me. Can you watch too much? Yeah. Yeah, you probably can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can. I'm sure you can. <laughs> well, on that <laughs> note, <laughs> I get a lot of people ask me you heard too, it here like, first, why? Folks. Why do you speed up the audio? I, oh, yeah? I, yeah, a lot of people ask me that all the time. Why do you speed up the audio? What? Why? What's the purpose in that? One, if there is music in here, I'm aware of YouTube guidelines. Like, if they hear music that's familiar, they will oh, they demonetize you. you. Yeah. So that's one reason why I would do that. But also, I got a lot more feedback to people thinking it was funnier when I sped my voice up. Yeah. Um, and then I just naturally have a deep voice. So I <laughs> just I don't want to be up there. Like, is this a dude or is this a female? No. I don't Yeah, I don't think you have a dude voice, but I agree that speeding it up, it helps you stand out. It makes the content move a lot faster and crisper, and it gives like an energy to it. Mm -hmm. And when you pair that with a horror game, there's like this frantic energy, and then you start to kind of... My mirror neurons were firing. I was getting nervous. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh is she going to make it? Ah! <laughs> so I found mm-hmm. that I enjoyed it more. So I think that's a cool angle that you do. Yeah. yeah, I got that feedback from a lot of people. First, when I was doing game recording, I had my regular voice. And when I really started, I was dealing with a, the loss of my fiance. Um, mm. He died. This year will be like five years back since he died. I'm sorry and to hear that. So, I, it's okay. I've, I've learned to like deal with it now. I'm still dealing It's not something that ever really goes away. But like uh, Mm -hmm. I was trying to get back into my roots. Like I played video games when I was a kid. It was my coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And then um, when he passed away, I started playing video games again because I I noticed like when we were together, I was literally just working all the time and just dying to work. That was my life. I, I started staying with family members for a while just to try to be surrounded by them. And I was playing video games. And my uncle comes in because my uncle's a naturally funny guy too. He's looking at me from the back playing his video games. He was like, yeah, go there. You got to go there. And I'm just like, I'm trying it. And I'm, I'm making jokes and we're all making jokes. He's like, you know, you are hilarious. Do you know that? You're funny. I didn't notice. I thought I was just being me. But he's like, he said, mm-hmm. you honestly should just start recording yourself. Record yourself and play video games. And so I was like, huh, okay, I think I can do that. I used to do that when I was younger because I was on this this website called The Big TV. That's when streaming really first was a thing, guys. Mm. Big TV is mm. like old. Oh, gee. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. And so I started recording myself at first, and I, I did low. And I, I wasn't getting too many hits when I was my regular voice. People was like, this is funny, but eh, it's not enough to make me keep coming back. So then I, I started speeding up my voice. And then that's when I just started getting hits like, yo, this is hilarious. This is funny. Oh, my gosh. Who is this girl? Like, that's when it started going and started going. And the way, though, that I 
sped up to start it growing was insane. At first I was going hard like the regular creators, like doing content every day and doing that whole editing. I learned very quickly not to do that because you will burn out. Oh yeah. And <laughs> along with that though came things like being compared to bigger creators. Like I, I really heavily got compared to Dashy a lot. The fact that I got compared to, I didn't know to take that as a good thing or a bad thing. It was either people saying, oh, look, it's Dashy's sister or, oh, mm -hmm. look, it's a Dashy version 2.0. And I was just like, I had to keep reiterating to people like, hey, guys, I'm not like Dashy. I'm just myself. The only difference is you knew Dashy first. Yeah, That's right. it. That is the only thing you knew, you know him first. So, and I hate that people do that. The same thing, if I jump to music here real quick, I'm just using an example. You have Beyonce, right? Queen mm. Beyonce. But then you have this new group coming in called Chloe and Holly and people looking at Chloe, they're like, oh, she's Beyonce 2.0. And it's just like, mm. no, why can't she be just Chloe? I'm getting right. that same thing and I'm just like, okay, well, why can't I just be Mo? Why do I have to be Dashy 2.0? Why do I have to be, I mean, I understand that I make jokes, I'm loud and I'm stupid here and there <laughs> when it comes to games, but just let me be Mo. Just let me be my own creative person. Let me be Mo. And we got to break out this content of just saying, at this point, I also feel that's insulting to the big creator because it's just like, there's no creator, but that Dashy, there shouldn't be no little dashy no two point like you know it just little doesn't make, you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. other than that creating content it's been great i took a break from it i was on a hiatus because i mentally came clashing down when i was doing this because it was just me getting really recognized who i was to me still i'm still dealing with the loss of my fiance i'm not taking that well all of that came crashing down i was like okay i gotta go home take a break mentally just get myself together because I don't think I'm going to last doing content creating if I don't take this break. Mm. That's why people didn't see me creating content for a long time. But I'm starting to get back into it. Uh, the first place I went to was Twitch because I, I feel most comfortable with Twitch. Because I want to kind of get back to who I was and how I am used to being crazy. Like, you know, I'm fine with talking to myself. So Yeah, I think it plays into a natural human tendency, honestly, to try to categorize things. I agree with you. It diminishes even if you're trying to use it to uplift people or by comparison. Yeah. And I think you're a really genuine person. And I think the more that you show that genuine side of yourself and the more that you kind of shine through with your content, eventually you are going to break through that like a lot of other people have. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. And you got noobs like me who don't spend a whole lot of time on Twitch. I don't know who Dashy is. I just know Mo. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right. Speaking of knowing Mo and playing video games, we should probably talk about video games on this video game podcast. So oh, yeah. I'm a little bit curious. Derek, this week, uh, what you been playing? Persona 5 Strikers is on the back burner, unfortunately. I brought the Switch upstairs, as I said last week, and I recently got Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh -huh. And I've been playing that with my wife, and we just beat it this morning, and it was a lot of fun. The only thing is, Vicky is incredibly competitive. Ooh. so Oh, no. She's <laughs> taking a, all the power-ups. Right. Well, here's the thing. She's not. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a when you finish a level, it's like whoever has the most points gets first place and they get a crown and everything. Yeah. And I'm getting first place like every time because I've been playing Mario since 
I was like five years old, so it's sure. not really. There's a clear advantage here. A clear <laughs> like, advantage. yeah. And she's like, "How come you never let me get the things?" I'm like, Aww. "Babe, I'm not stopping you from getting the things. Just get the things. They're there. <laughs> Go get them." Mm-hmm. And she's like, every time I grab a power up, she's like, "Oh, why didn't you let me get that?" I was like, what, "What's what's the point in letting you get it if if you're gonna if you want to get first place, then get first place, babe. It's Mario. Mm-hmm. We're all yeah, dying okay. Out but here. to be fair, you know I've mean? played co-op games with you online, and you do like to grab the food regardless of your health. So oh, I'm yeah. a little sus about how this situation <laughs> no, but here, actually plays the, out. Well, here's the thing with this game: when you grab a power up, it goes into your power up bank. Right. So the second player can get it anyway. It just has to do with whoever grabs it first gets the points. So mm. it's not like me trying to get it so I can get the points. It's just me trying to get it so it doesn't fall off the stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that we can finish this level. I hear I think, you. Mm-hmm, no, I no. think we. Yeah, I think we need to get Vicky on the show because I feel like there's a second <laughs> side to this. I don't know. I'm a little sus. No, no, no sus, no sus. <laughs> but overall, it was a good time. Uh, we're gonna get into Bowser's Fury probably when we get when we get done recording. Yeah, Bowser's um, Fury is awesome. Yeah, and I also started. Well, I didn't start this. I continue. Actually, yeah. So I had started Final Fantasy X because I wanted Vicky to experience the story. So she's gonna watch me play it. Yeah, I, remember I started about on that. PS. Yeah, I started on PS4, and when I brought the Switch upstairs, I was like, you know what? I have it on Switch. Let's just do it on Switch. Mm. So I replayed the beginning, the intro, and I got all the way up to the Jose High Road right mm-hmm. before the big operation. I got to the laughing scene, and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> You probably shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> and, no, I'm just talking uh, about Yuna. Actually, she was like, you, you probably shouldn't laugh anymore. <laughs> and the funny thing, I was reading some comments people were making about that scene. It was like, well, he was in a real dark place and he was forcing his laugh and it was supposed to be painful. And he was, blah, blah, blah. I was like, it's a little deep, but I, I'm digging it. There are people like that it. defend that uh, voice acting? Oh, not, not defending the voice acting because it still sounds bad. But the fact is that he's forcing the laugh. So yeah. it's gonna sound crazy either way. Yeah, but that's understood. But it was mad. still insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, another thing is, you know how his narration voice is different than his actual in-game voice. <laughs> um, he's like, "I was out of the frying pan and into the freezer." Yeah, no, he's uh, <laughs> he's definitely like he's in the booth, right? Like he's not he's right. Not, he's yeah, not, he's, he's not at a campfire. He's not standing up on the thing. He's in the booth, like guys. Let me tell you about the time that I was in Xanarkand. <laughs> right, <laughs> quiet storm. Tell you about you're listening to 103. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm literally like I'm talking into the narration Titus voice all the time yeah. now. So I'm like, babe, I need you to grab me those chips because I want to eat them. And I want to eat them now. <laughs> I could tell she didn't want to share her chips, but all right. I could think of was, I want chips too. Also, right. I hate my dad. Did I mention right. that? That I hate my dad. <laughs> did I mention I it? Yes. I could tell a... that Waka did not like people who were not like Waka. He was a little racist. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She found out uh, he was racist this uh, last playthrough. <laughs> yeah. It's like stay away from those out bed. They're bad news. <laughs> it's like what the fuck did I do to you, man? What did the outbid do to you? But I can talk about Final Machina. Fantasy X all day. Yeah. Oh, God. What days. a great my game. It's my favorite Final Fantasy game. Gotta go in the top uh, any, ten. Yeah, anytime that a game or any form of media uses religion as a jump-off point, it usually it catches my interest. I could really. tell they wanted to attack and dethrone God. Right. <laughs> but I didn't have my Satan shoes on. <laughs> They right. sold out in under one minute, so I was not prepared. 
I needed to level up once more to get my strength <laughs> stat to six six six. Oh my god! Oh man! But okay, so the next game that I played, I just popped it in this week. I was like, you know what? I have seen him play Chronicles Definitive Edition. Let me pop that in. Yeah, I got through the first three three and a half hours, and I actually like it a lot. Yeah, the combat is not as flashy as Xenoblade Chronicles Two, obviously, but for a Wii game that's been remastered, it looks excellent. It looks on par, if not better, than Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which is saying a lot because Xenoblade Chronicles Two actually looks really good. The world is very beautiful. Uh, the voice acting in the first game is a lot more tolerable than the Ooh, second game. I would yes, say it that. is. I agree it's, with uh, that. Oof. <laughs> oof. It's like uh, either but, hit or miss sometimes with voice acting. Mm -hmm. but how is the fan service there is none so far yay yeah there's no fan service in xenoblade chronicles because that makes me uncomfortable so far yeah xenoblade chronicles 2 is just like well why does it make you uncomfortable because grampy pawn made a sex robot i didn't make the sex robot right (laughs) poppy okay it's just that xenoblade chronicles 2 takes it a bit far like fan service is fine but, but when you have a Japanese robot that's modeled after elementary school girls, then middle school girls, then high school girls, and you have a sexualized plan or a grooming plan for her, stop! Right. <laughs> stop that. That's when fan service goes too far. Yeah, like I, I could but see... But still a great game. I don't, yeah, I, I could yeah. see arguments for some <laughs> sexy characters, but like all of them are sexy regardless if it fits their character or not. Like the military chick with the huge arms... Why? Right. Why with the boobs? <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, I'm enjoying that. So unfortunately, like I said, Persona 5 is on the back burner until further notice. And I'm sorry, Mike. I'm not going to be able to take that journey with you right now. I'm taking three <laughs> other ones. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's fine. I will get to that spoiler cast eventually for sure. All right. Well, Mo, let's go to the leaderboards. Mo, Mo, do, 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 do. You have it. I'm sorry. Guts is in my head. I know you guys haven't seen the show. <laughs> You need to, everybody go to YouTube. If you're if you're a baby, unlike me, I'm the oldest man in podcasting history. But if you if you go he to YouTube, focus on this guts. He search Nickelodeon focused. guts. It's American Gladiators for babies. Anyways, Mo, <laughs> what you been playing this week, Mo? I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise this week when it first cool. launched. So cool. I got it. Unfortunately, I did not play the demo with all my friends because I just had a lot of things to do. So the day that it came out. I will call this the game of tutorials, to be honest. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I anticipated that, for sure. Oh, my God. There is so many tutorials. And I'm just like, I just want to fight. I just want to fight. Let me just, let me go kill some monsters, please. I I just, that's all I want to do. I took the time, basically, to just sit one day and I was like, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and just read all the tutorials because I don't want to be doing this during stream. I want to just get into it and play the games when I'm streaming. It's been really fun, though. It is a little bit different when it comes to mechanics for the PlayStation 4. There's a lot more you can do. Like, my favorite thing that they put in this game is the whole wire bug jumping. That looks um, cool. It's yeah. so fun. I was like, yo, I'm temporarily Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, and so, for the folks who don't know what so it cool. is, explain it. Because I, I don't know if everybody is familiar with this mechanic oh, okay. why so, it's so awesome. So the whole thing of the wire bug is like it's basically just a little bug. And it has the ability to launch you in the air. And you can use this ability to launch yourself on two monsters. And if the monster is weak enough, you can use the specific bug to launch it at the actual monster. And even ride that monster and control it. Like attacks and everything. It's also very 
great for you to like say if you're in a tough spot and you're just like okay i'm stuck here in the corner with this monster you can just use this wire bug which sends out like it's long string and just zip your way out of there it's almost like having a, your own personal zip line it's like a good gtfo button like i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I love yeah. like no, no. the it's implications amazing. for mobility like i haven't been able to use it but i've watched it in action and it looks so fluid and intuitive and like mobility is so important in monster hunter positioning Mm -hmm. and mobility because then battles get intense yeah Mm -hmm. the only i see like the only thing for me is i'm still trying to learn some things like right now um Mm. i did it the first time where i was able to do uh it's called silk bend with the wire bugs is basically the silk bin is how you begin to control the monster oh i thought you said um, simping i was like no, what no. do you like tell them how beautiful they are and follow their instagram i don't that should be a thing that needs you to be a thing be simping for wire <laughs> bugs i think i found the title of the episode we're simping for wire bugs <laughs> that needs to be a thing can we hey hey capcom can we please make TM, that a thing simping for wire bugs right. please tm <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I'm right now. I'm just having a, like a difficult time making sure I understand how to use it. I just finally got it because the first time when I tried it, I was like, okay, I did it. But knowing me, because it looks so cool, I'm gonna be like, okay, let me make sure I really got it and understand how to do it because I want to be able to ride these monsters, especially dragons. Like, who doesn't want to ride a dragon? Mm-hmm. So learning that just for me, it's just a little bit rough. But I finally got it though. I really have to pay attention to tutorials for myself and do the, the game a little bit by myself before I get a squad because yeah, I'm still building my own squad as well as what I do is a good way to really communicate in the gaming world is using Discord and having those people come in and grow in your community, especially for streamers. It's just having a Discord, so I'm trying to grow that and hopefully get a squad soon. Cool. Um, but. I'm just learning how to just work the new mechanics of the game. And to be honest, if I'm being honest. Be honest, please. Be honest, Mo. 100%. I actually like the mechanics more on the Nintendo Switch than I do the PlayStation. Shots fired. And I look, I'm a PlayStation player. Look, I'm a PlayStation player. But, like, guys, Nintendo's the godfather, and they come in mm. for our next. Yeah. It really is. It's true. It, it, <laughs> Switch eats my PlayStation's lunch all the time. Yes. And I have a PS5. And, and, uh, and did the you fact get those Amiibos? The, oh, no, no, no. I didn't get the Amiibos yet. I didn't actually get the Amiibos yet. My last Amiibo arrived today. They took forever. They had a really bad mess up with Amiibos at GameStop mm-hmm. and Best Buy. But that's a story for another day. Anyways, but please the, the fact that the Nintendo Switch is still selling out. Yeah. And like yeah. it's not even like a new console, and <laughs> it's still selling out. And, Wait till that and upgrade just, comes. Can we just mm-hmm. say? I just one thing I want to praise Nintendo about. I don't praise know it. if these guys can <laughs> see the future. I don't know what it is about. Clearly, them. they can't because of the Wii U. I, but go ahead. But, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they probably gained the ability after that. <laughs> Somebody got sacrificed. Something it unlocked happened. their sorry guy. Something gun. happened. Because Rest in peace, you wanna. Because, like, who would have thought that the Nintendo Switch would be like, all right, we're going to go handheld, and this is going to be a great idea, and this is, I'm telling you, just going to work perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then, the way when we went into a pandemic, mm-hmm. how useful in the sales went up for the Nintendo Switch, and then not to mention that Animal Crossing literally came out at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, you guys are either psychic or something Mm -hmm. because you knew at this Mm -hmm. time that this was going to happen and you're just, your sales were going to rise. Just printed money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
how do anybody compete i mean like like playstation and xbox are too busy competing with each other i'm just like but meanwhile mm-hmm. nintendo is just rising and then there's they're like a rumored they're monster hunter they're... rising true they sit back and they watch the two <laughs> apex predators fight each other and then they mm-hmm. pick up the remains nintendo right? is mm-hmm. savage Yes, yes. And not to mention that there's like rumors right now talking about there's going to be a new Nintendo Switch mm-hmm, the or um, I, I guess maybe Nintendo Switch 2 or maybe they're doing an upgrade. I honestly think it's just going to be maybe an upgrade, but it hasn't been confirmed yet, but they're talking about some good stats for it. So I'm honestly thinking it's just going to be upgrade. I don't think it's going to be like a Nintendo Switch 2 like other people are thinking. Like some people think it's going to be a whole new system, you know, next in the generation of Nintendo. Yeah, it's going to be um, a half step. most likely. Yeah, I feel like it's just going to be kind of like what they did for Nintendo Lite, but just maybe a Nintendo Pro, maybe. I don't Nintendo know. Switch to 4K. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. <laughs> like that. that's what I think it's just going to be because, I mean, it, it's selling still very very well Mm -hmm. i mean there's no need to make another system for nintendo right now to be honest because it's the only one of its kind because people still i don't want game companies to understand how much people actually love handheld games Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. so vital so that like the fact to me that it's disappointing also that like i I know you guys heard the news about playstation stories yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah 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 at least keep your handheld stuff because people really love that. Mm-hmm. They love handheld. Yeah. I can't tell you a day I, I went without my like Game Boy Advance when I was younger or my Game Boy Color. <laughs> That's very vital. I think it's, it brings in a lot of money. So never forget your handheld games. Straight up, straight up. Well, what else did you get into this week, Mo? I just finished playing Little Nightmares 2. <sighs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> sad happens apparently. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, so spoiler for people who haven't no, no spoilers. played the no game. No spoilers, please. Oh, no, no spoilers. Spoiler, okay. Yeah, no, okay, no spoilers on, for I that plan one. on playing yeah. it. All right, so be, no no be spoilers as vague for that as possible. one. So he's good. How do I be vague about this? He's he's good. Okay. Oh, so one thing <laughs> I I want one thing I want people to know is that like many of you probably thought like I did that this was a prequel and the company came out and said, "No, it's not a prequel, it's a sequel." Mm. But when you're playing the game, you're just like, "It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't make sense." Mm-hmm. Or I don't understand it. So I just would like to say I want them to clarify that so bad because there seems to be something missing where when you're playing this it makes it seem like this is a prequel it feels like there's a big plot hole there what are Mm, what are we doing when it comes to that (laughs) yeah that i'm thinking i'm hoping there will be a dlc that explains that i really do because that's a big plot hole that's the only thing about that game that kind of just brings it down a little bit like the game could be at a 10 star but because there's a big plot hole there for that section, it brings it down to about an eight. Hmm. Other than that, this game is amazing. The fact is I fall in love with each of these characters every time I play them. I don't know if I play uh, fall in love with them because their feet are the cutest because I have an exception <laughs> with their, their little feet. Like I, I played Little Nightmares 1 and I, I streamed that and people will see that like I'm obsessed with their little feet. So <laughs> I don't know if it's just the fact that they're tiny, but I fall in love with these these characters and I absolutely love the character that you play as as Mono. 
don't want to I don't want to really give anything away for it. No, I don't want to give anything away from for you guys, but definitely recommend it. Play it. You are going to be a little sad. I'm gonna let you know that now, but definitely play it. And I'm hoping that the DLC comes out because you want to get ready for that. Hopefully they explain that plot hole there. How long is one and two? They're actually not very long. I believe there's only four or five chapters. Okay. For and they're not long. You know, most people are not scared of little nightmares, but for whatever reason, I was freaking terrified for the second one. And <laughs> you, you would think that I would not be considered I played Little Nightmares one, right? And I kinda went through that. But like I said, as I'm getting older, the bravery in me is just shrinking. <laughs> but the only thing to be honest if i can say the scariest part of that game is probably the hospital scene Oof, Mm. it's literally the scariest part of the game other than that like everything else is like hype like go 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 you get that jolt of adrenaline going where you're just times where they have the chase scene because like what would this game be without its chase scenes you got me really intrigued. I skipped over Little Nightmares 1 because it didn't look that scary. It looked more limbo-ish, if that mm-hmm. makes sense to, to yeah. you. But the way that you're describing Little Nightmares 2, and it sounds like story is a major component of these games. Yes. I feel like I do want to go back and play 1 just so I can play 2. So would you yeah. say they're like 5 hours long, 10 hours long? No. Um, to be honest, if, you, if I was sitting here playing the game consistently, I probably could beat it within 4 hours. Okay, good. That's yeah. perfect for my show yes. then. I, I usually, if I finish a game on Friday Night Frights, it has to be a short game. The longest episode run that I had was actually Resident Evil, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later because mm-hmm. I couldn't stop playing it. But usually I don't go more than like four episodes. Yeah. So that's good um, You Also, make sure that when you do get it, get the DLC for Little Nightmares 1. I think okay. there's only one DLC that goes into a little bit more. And when I say that Little Nightmares has an in-depth story, I recently found that there was a comic book and I read the comic book and I'm just oh, wow. so upset. Like that, hmm. I think they stopped the comic book at some point, but I, I had just recently found out about it. I mean, the story is deep. I didn't even realize how deep. And when I was introduced to it, I kind of had the same feeling you did. Like when I looked at it, I was like, what is this? Is this like a kid's game or like, is it a puzzle? Like all I see is them crawling up something. I wasn't expecting to get would get from a $60 game from a $30 game. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so little... like, I'm, I'm so surprised because this game honestly should be an A-lister. No, that's good to hear. Yeah, it looks a little Tim Burton-esque, like creepy, mm-hmm. but maybe not super scary, maybe like Coraline or something. So it's, yeah. it's good to hear that it has other things it's bringing to the table and then it eventually culminates in some tense moments so you sold me i'm i'm probably gonna check that out now now for like heads i would say heads up for people when it comes to mental though the one of the things that only has me about this game is like this constantly seeing hanging people and mm. so if you are somebody who t- cannot mentally deal with that this may not be the game for you because it paints a certain mental situation for this game. This game so, really tackles that. So would it be trigger warnings for suicide and or lynching or? I would say trigger warnings for people that have suicidal thoughts Fair and enough. seeing okay. hangings and mm. stuff like that. No, that's worthwhile. Thank you for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me quickly rattle off the games that I played. So I'm still playing Persona 5 Strikers for the mainstream and it sounds like I've passed Derek up. Did you get to Okinawa yet, Derek? No. Okay. 
So I finished Okinawa and I'm on my way to Kyushu, I think. I'm just traveling Japan. They're talking about food wherever they go. Luckily, I play it right after dinner or else I would go insane. But I'm really craving <laughs> some like gourmet ramen and udon now. Stop it. <laughs> Ryuji won't shut up about it. And I get it because Ryuji's my boy. But I'm just saying, Thanks, guys. So and we're, we're getting more into the story and the origin behind the new character, Sophia and what is going on with the Medici, or like, what I like to—I like to pronounce it because I didn't know how it was pronounced before they said it. I was like Medici. You're right. <laughs> I, I did a little Medici. Italian move with my fingers, like a Medici. <laughs> That's how I want to say it. The, the two fingers coming up. Here. Exactly. Like I'm not on video, but you can almost hear it. Medici. I, I can literally see it. <laughs> yeah, I say that all the time. On uh, it's like a mental tick now. Whenever they mention Medici in the stream, you just hear me go Medici. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's it's really good. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It continues to be. An awesome, awesome sequel to Persona 5. So fans, if you've been sleeping on it, please stop and go buy it and play it. Monday Night Brawlers. So for the beat-em-up this week, I chose X-Men Arcade from 1992, the Konami cabinet. X as my girl Storm, because she's arguably like the best character. She's got the best combo in that game. I ran through it pretty quickly. Those old arcade games are not very long, and it's an hour-long show. So I shored up the last... 15 or 20 minutes or so with X-Men Children of the Atom, also a great fighting game on arcade. So what can I say that hasn't already been said about either of those games? They're awesome. <laughs> X-Men Arcade is one of those games where if you finish a level with too much health, it'll kick your ass in the next level. And unfortunately, I was not paying attention to that. So there were times where I was deaf. It was sucking down quarters for me. Like, no, you, can't, you can't stay the champ for long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got a chance to play with friends of the show. Call it like I don't see a podcast. GP and AD. They hung out with me and we played Outriders all the way through the demo. It was their first time, so it was fun to see them react to the cutscenes and everything from the demo. But I gotta say, after playing co-op, the couple of things that are confirmed and a couple of things I learned, I mentioned that of the classes, the trickster class is definitely the glass cannon because AD was playing as the trickster. I believe he was. I keep getting them mixed up. One, one was playing as Pyromancer and the other was Trickster. And the Trickster kept getting his ass kicked. So <laughs> he it's not like he was bad at the game. It's just that if he got in a situation because you teleport around the battlefield, if he got surrounded and ran out of cooldown for his abilities, if we didn't swoop in and save him, he would eventually get downed. And if you're going to play Trickster, I think it's a fun class. It's it, you, you feel like Nightcrawler, basically. There's some cool time-space effects that get to be done with that class. But that's the one you want to save for co-op run-throughs. <laughs> yeah. um, but everything else, like the synergy between the classes, I played as the Technomancer. So I was throwing out the turrets and doing the long-range support. You know, GP, Pyromancer, he was medium-range. He was setting people on fire. Trickster is just running around causing mayhem. It fit really well. And I love that because the Trickster can slow down time, I was able to run in and pick off my shots a little bit more cleanly with my sniper rifle. It really felt like there was really good synergy with that game. They gave it away day one on Games Pass. So if you play on Xbox, there's no reason not to check out this game. And then, of course, if you're on PlayStation, there's a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 5 version. I haven't confirmed if they're going to upgrade PlayStation 4 to 5 if you don't have the 5 yet. I kind of feel like they won't because they're selling the two separate versions day one simultaneously. So if you feel like you want to play it but you want to wait for that PS5, maybe look into that first is all I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Friday Night Frights. I finished Resident Evil 4, the story. I went on extra long because I knew I wanted to go ahead and finish it last night. So I went up. I ended up going five episodes on that, which is the longest I've ever played a single game on Friday Night Frights. But I mean, it's Resident Evil Four. I love Resident Evil Four. It's I'm a so big dumb. Fan. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm so a dumb. Huge oh, I, I still, know you are. I still would have wanted to see like when it comes to Resident Evil. There was the alternate. I think they named it now dubbed it Resident Evil. What three point two or three something two point something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean the game that almost came out, but it ended up being two? No, no, no. The game that would have been for Resident Evil 4, and it was like oh. with Ghost and stuff. I know what Leon. you're talking about. Yeah, that but demo that's they, online. They, yeah, they kind of scrapped it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll incorporate some of those ideas in the remake they, they do for 4. You never mm-hmm. know. I, I feel like if it's a good enough idea, it probably stuck in the developers' hearts, too, and they can incorporate those things. I always said, because Derek and I have talked about a potential remake for Resident Evil 4 before, and part of me wants them to keep the camp, but I feel like the camp is so perfectly done, they really can't imitate or do it again. I, mm-hmm. But if they're not going to imitate it closely, I want them to really lean into the horror, like make it dumb scary. And incorporating some of those ideas they had to scrap would be one way to do it. And that way it can be a remake and kind of like take you to familiar places, but also be its own thing. So you can still play Resident Evil 4 if you want that camp, but you can play the Resident Evil 4 remake if you want it to be like crazy scary and them to really lean into some of the more horror elements that they played around with with the original. The regenerators, the um, the dogs with the tentacles, you know, the fact that the villagers were all kind of mindless, but also well coordinated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the first we'll time that you got scared by a man in a chainsaw with a chainsaw. Yeah. When you hear it like behind you, like and you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing that yeah. game with headphones is rough because it doesn't have true 3D audio. So sometimes I'll hear a monster, but I cannot tell where they're coming from. But they're mm-hmm. in my ear. That's the but worst. But they have the engine to do it now. They really do. Yeah. No, no. They can really mm-hmm. actually make it even better with the sound design. So that's the thing I'm looking most forward to. Uh, I'm still kind of casually playing shadow hearts i haven't gotten a ton further in it continues to be weird i met another character like a spy character she's like a russian spy she's flirting really hardcore with the main character but in true japanese fashion even though the main character yuri is a total gross perv and he's constantly hitting on the 20 year old when the other beautiful woman hits on him he's like nah and i'm like no that doesn't make any sense why can't two people in a Japanese anime or video game mutually like be thirsty for each other? Let it happen. <laughs> you can't make thirsty a character Wait, trait and then somebody movie? flirts with them and you're like, nah, I'm good. Wait, is that yeah. actual? Right. Do, does that actually happen in anime? Hello, I'm trying to think of. Is there any? Yeah, th- think think of like how a character can be known for being pervy or thirsty, but then when they finally meet somebody who is also pervy or thirsty, they're like, nah, I'm good. But can what has that happened in the anime yet? Like where both are like into each other? Has that happened yet? That's what I'm saying. Like it's rare. I mean, if if it does happen, it's a hentai at that point, right? I think it, I think it more so <laughs> happens in anime-based games, like especially yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake with Jesse being I'm... real thirsty for thirsty for Cloud. Right. But if like, Cloud, Man. if Cloud had a moment where he was like, you know what, let's do this, Jesse be like, right. nah, nah, never mind. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can never have two people simultaneously thirsty for each other. It's like impossible. I do not get it. So <laughs> apparently that works even in Shadow Hearts. So heads up there. <laughs> All right. Last game I played and I didn't get to play as much this week. So I don't have as much to update, but I'm continuing my Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke. We're going to go ahead and start with Pokemon Diamond Nuzlocke Part 5. We're hot off the heels of my bittersweet gym win against Crasher Rake where Buddy died. And it was rough. 
but we recuperated, and we're in Pistoria, and I decided to check out the Great Marsh Observatory, and I bought myself a safari ticket. It's one of those safari-type games. And who should I see in the uh, the first encounter where I actually get to catch the Pokemon? But another Badoo. Hey. I was like, what? I was able to catch him, thank goodness, because I was like, don't mess this up, don't mess this up. I named this little guy Lazarus for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Buddy too. I feel yeah right. <laughs> I feel the spirit of Buddy does reside in Lazarus, and so I'm going to carry him <laughs> with me on the team. I put him in the team. I took Gandhi back out, and I also got the HM Defog, which I haven't needed to use. But one of the tourists is like, "Do you want this HM?" And I was like, "You know I do. I'm the protagonist." Right. So <laughs> I tried to leave the town as I saw this particularly shady looking Team Galactic member who was like, "Don't follow me," and I'm like. Of course I'm going to follow you. But before I got a chance to leave, I bumped into my rival, and he was like, let's battle. And I'm like, oh. So he uh, took out his Prinplup and almost killed my brand new Badoo. And I was like, if you kill this Badoo, I will murder this whole run. Right. <laughs> Luckily, I was able to pull him out of battle, bring in my Luxio, Geodude, Golbat. They wrecked the rest of his team. And I realized I need to stop and grind for levels because I just lost a Pokemon in the gym. My rival almost took out my new replacement Pokemon and I'm having withdrawals and flashbacks and I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And so I got PTSD now. And guess what Pokemon are just outside of Pistoria? A gang of Weasels and Floatzels. You know Floatzel, the guy that killed my Badoo. So I murdered every stupid otter I could see from edge to edge. Just anyone that popped out, I was like, you're dead. Revenge for Buddy. The worst part is, is they hit hard in the wild, too. I was actually able to catch a a Buizel. So I'm like, I'll bring him in, you know, because I know how strong they are. But your name is Judas. Fuck you. (laughs) And I basically decided to go ahead and try to get everybody up to around level 30 or 35, since that seems to be the level cat, the level I'm heading to in the next gym. And during the course of that, I was able to get Luxio to evolve into a Luxray. And then Bimmy, my Geo dude, evolved into a Graveler. So no gym badges, no big story changes or anything. It was just grindy week trying to get these Pokemon leveled up so they won't die <laughs> when we get to the next mm-hmm. gym because I'm feeling a little underleveled. I'm feeling a little vulnerable. And even these these Floatzels in the wild, man, they hit hard. Like, I had to pay attention. I almost lost my Luxio a couple of times. So, All right. Well, that's the end of games we've been playing this week. Let's get into gaming news. Game Blitz TM. <laughs> it needs to be Game Blitz because, whoa, boy, this is a long episode. This is probably going to end up being one of our longer ones. Uh, wow. Which is... Yeah, not a bad thing at all. I'm glad that we have so much to talk about this week. But Derek, let me go ahead and get you to rattle off some of the newsy bits. All right. So as you all know, MLB The Show 21 is going to be coming to Xbox. What you didn't know is that it's going to Games Pass and people are mad. So Sony fans, obviously, the uh, series is known for being a Sony exclusive. So the fact that Xbox is getting it for free on Game Pass has got people a little heated. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Go buy the game if you want the game. If you're mm. a Sony fan, if you like MLB, just buy the game. Sony is not just giving Xbox that game for free. They're paying them to put the game on, which is something that Mike put me on to when I asked them, how did the developers make money on their PS Plus games or whatever. Right, yeah. These, like these the, are copies the studio, being sold. Yeah. yeah, right. So it makes sense because they don't know the selling power of MLB on the Xbox. So give it away free for Game Pass. Win-win. Sony mm-hmm. gets money. Xbox gets more Game Pass subscribers. It's all good. Quit uh, bitching at Sony and buy your copy on PS5 or 4 or whatever. Or get um, Games Pass and <laughs> shut up, you know? Just get yeah, Games Pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, the new guys. This is a whole rival thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast. I'm not loyal to any business. I'm loyal to whoever gives me a game I want to play. And only for as long <laughs> as I'm playing that game. And then, and honestly, uh, what if, have you done for me lately? That's what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, any, if every Sony game was on an Xbox, I would play it on Xbox because their controller is better. Yeah. No, seriously, if it wasn't for the fact that they have so many good exclusives, I probably would have got an Xbox, too, because Games Pass is actually a really good freaking deal, guys. But I do have month. to say, if y'all talking about controllers, that actual PlayStation 5 controller feels way better than the Xbox One right now. It's nice. I, I would I would agree yeah. with that. Have you had okay. some hands-on time with the controller for PS5 yet, Derek? Just once in store. I didn't okay. get to play it. I just held it. I, I like, will oh. say, like, I've played some PS5s, and Moe's right. Like, you got the adaptive mm-hmm. triggers and the haptic and everything. It feels nice. It I'll agree with that. It feels really nice. It's, it's way better than the controllers we have now for the PlayStation 4. And I played the Xbox before. Like, I have a beef with Xbox. That's a long story. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, I, I, their controllers, though, are very, very comfortable. I can tell you. I can mm-hmm. say that. I can say that without being petty. That their controllers are very comfortable. You can argue mm-hmm. that with me. Right now. But that PlayStation 5 controller, it's like they took from Xbox and like stepped it up like 10 times better. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is a different controller. <laughs> what? Like, and one thing I like in this really detail that people are catching is the whole signature, the O, the X, the square, and the triangles mm-hmm. are like ingrained into the controller and they're like small, and it's making for good gripping on the controller. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I would agree I, with I that really too. Like that. I don't like that it's white because I'm already my gross hands are adding a little bit of grime to it. Like I actually have to I I can see the dirt, so I clean it off more often than I normally would, which I guess mm-hmm. is a good thing. But I'm still like I'll pick it up like ugh, and I gotta go right. get a rag or something. What is wrong I, with I believe me? that they're probably gonna come out with more colors. Oh yeah, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely. All right. Well, speaking yeah, of PlayStation, next... what we what we got for Plus going on this week? Yeah. So PS Plus games for April. PS4 is getting Days Gone and Zombie Army Zombie Army Four. Zombie Army. Zombie 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 And PS5 right PS5 is getting Oddworld Soulstorm for free which is cool because this will be a new release for the PS5 so that's dope yeah, yeah, so I know Mike's gonna check, gonna check that out, oh, and I'll check it, it out uh, in two years when I get a PS Five. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, they're almost impossible uh, to get. I know it's crazy. Yeah, they are impossible to get. I How did you get it. yours, Mo? I don't have mine. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought you had it because you're talking about the controller. No, no, I was see. I can only get the controller. <laughs> oh, okay. I got oh, mine about from all that is available. I got mine directly from Sony. Do you remember when they were offering to have people request to get a, to be signed yeah. up for pre-orders through them? I was one them? of them. I actually was one of the people that got on the PR list for the PlayStation 5. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, yes! Yes! Thank you, Sony! PR people person in here, I'm in here, right? Yeah. A little did I know how ruthless the other PR people would be. Oh. So, <laughs> mm. so I'm in there because we still have to, just like everybody else, we still had to sign, go into the line to get your PlayStation 5. But they only had a certain limit amount of free ones. But what I didn't know is that some people were actually going ahead and say, hey, I just want to go ahead and pay for mines and, and get it run that way. I mean, if look, I'm just saying, any good business, you're not going to turn down some money. 
So I was in the line waiting and I, I, I think I came in a little too late. Mm -hmm. And so while everyone's waiting to get their package, by the time I got up there, there was like, at this time, we are currently out of the system. If you, Yikes. <laughs> if you was a person that did not get the code, I unfortunately we saw we reached our limit on how many we can give to PR. Nah, it's too bad. So now you gotta basically fight in there with everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I was like, okay, well, cool. They gave you already an extra email. We'll say, okay, hey, you're in the PlayStation Direct. Sorry, we, we basically couldn't get you into the PR. And so you get PlayStation Direct, and you had to stand in line basically again like everyone else. But, but this time, everyone's there. Hmm. And I was standing in line. I was in there, had had my PlayStation 5 already, put it in the cart. As soon as I was giving it a click buy, it said sold out. Sorry. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and so this literally has happened to me consecutively. Like when they had the Walmart one sold out in my face, PlayStation in the cart. Yeah. Target sold out in my face. PlayStation in the cart. Then PlayStation Direct again sold out in my face in the cart. Wow. <laughs> sold out in uh, my face. In the yeah, cart. week over yes. week, it's becoming increasingly apparent to me just how lucky I am. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so glad I answered that email from Sony because mm -hmm. people were scoffing at it. And I kind of was too. I'm like, oh, really, Sony? You're going to allow me a chance to possibly pre order directly from you? Oh, thank mm -hmm. you for the privilege. However, I did it. And it ended up being like the smartest decision. <laughs> no, I thank them for the privilege. <laughs> yeah. Thanks because for the privilege, the Sony. Way, the way scalpers are scalping out here, it's insane. Yeah. I don't insane. support the death penalty, but mm -hmm. there's a special place for scalpers. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Anyways, moving mm -hmm. on. <laughs> so speaking of insane prices for video games, on Friday, we actually heard of a record-breaking auction at Heritage Auctions in Dallas a sealed copy of a Nintendo Super Mario Brothers game graded as a pristine copy by the video game grading company Wata sold for 660,000 ducats. Ooh. Baby. Yeah, the amount of bread you have to have to drop on a game you ain't going to play. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You keep that as a souvenir. Now, not even to, an investment put this, to put this in perspective, the highest sale price for a video game ever publicly reported prior to this was only 156000 which is still dumb. But this, mm -hmm. like, annihilated that record. This is why I'm, I keep looking at this collection thinking if I move, this is going to be a bitch. Because, you know, like Derek had mentioned, you know, I'm still a collector. I have, like, over 2,000 pieces of physical media and growing. And I'm, I'm like, maybe I should get rid of it. But then I read stories like this, and I'm like, nah, man, we about to be, we about to make bank. <laughs> when uh when I'm older, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Right. Then again, it could all crash and people could not care anymore. It could go completely. Who do, who knows? Anyways, I feel also, like I feel like what you're doing is awesome because there's gonna be somebody that comes into your area and they're gonna be like, wow, this is amazing, and I can I buy this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and if anything, I can pass it along to Ben, so hopefully mm -hmm. he can have a, a appreciation. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of preservation i guess or you know digital i mean we're going to talk about it here in a second you know digital is not guaranteed to stick around forever so having mm -hmm. that physical media it does mean something 
And if there's a way I can back it up eventually safely, a lot of these, because there's some things I can't back up via ROMs and some things I can't yet, I'll probably go for that as well. But yeah. So mm. speaking of preservation, oh my goodness, this week Mario was killed, as many of you know. He died. <laughs> he died. Oh Moited. Mario 35, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, the original Fire Emblem NES translation, all of that pulled from digital. No more prints, uh, physical prints, I should say, of Game & Watch. And the physical edition of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, that's gone. Now, there's still a lot out there in the wild. Yes, it's very plentiful. (laughs) But if you are thinking about getting it and you haven't yet, get your ass out there and grab a copy. Because eventually they are going to get all bought up. And there are people already putting up, you know, Super Mario 3D All-Stars for insane prices if you want to go on to eBay and search that and have a laugh. I hate that they're doing this, especially with the digital content. Obviously, the justification from Nintendo is artificial scarcity drives sales. And it's true, because I don't know if I would have bought Super Mario 3D All-Stars as quickly as I did, or Fire Emblem NES for that matter. It might have just stayed in my wish list cart for a while if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for the fact that I know that they were going to pull it and I didn't want to miss out. So uh, game check match Nintendo, I guess. Yeah. All right. And, and uh, isn't, isn't oh. it getting sad, though, that you're starting to see, like, speaking of that and just also, like, the, the PlayStation stores dying and stuff, isn't it just kind of, doesn't it make you feel a little sad that you're starting to see this kind of just dwindle down? Yeah, it's the end of an mm-hmm. era. I, I still no. think it's going to hang on a little bit longer than people think. I think there's going to be some pushback here and there. We're going to start to see the, the crack show. Just by virtue of the fact that stuff is being removed, people are going to be like, hey, maybe I should go for physical. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, to your point, we reported on the rumors last week that PlayStation was going to close the stores for PS3, PSP, and Vita online. And that was confirmed to be official this week. On July the 2nd, the online store for PS3 and PSP, and right now it's only online through the console. Like, you have to actually go through the console to buy the games. You can only do that up until July the 2nd, and then they're going to close it down. And then for the Vita, the Vita store is actually going to close down on August 27th. I'll kind of explain, because we had some questions last week. I know I was going to update on this. What does this mean for stuff you already own and and stuff that you can get in the future and all that? So you will still be able to re-download and play previously purchased games. You'll still be able to access previously purchased video and media content, if that's your thing. You'll be able to redeem PlayStation Plus vouchers if you want. You'll still be able to re-download and play any claimed game title through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. Now, PlayStation licenses get a little wonky, so definitely make sure that any game you have the license for that you download at least once, even if you're not going to keep it, then you can delete it. Because I've heard of situations before where you get the license, but you didn't download it right away, and then somehow you lost the license when a, when a store closes down. So just keep that in mind, people. Things that you will no longer have access to, and this is the part we're definitely losing. You will no longer be able to purchase PS3, PS Vita, and PSP digital content. That includes games and video content. You can no longer make any in-game purchases, so no DLC, no microtransactions, any of that through any of those games. You can no longer redeem PlayStation Network wallet fund vouchers like gift cards on those devices. And any money you have in your wallet will remain, but obviously you can only use it to purchase PS4 or PS5 products. 
Well, mm. does this also mean, because I didn't catch up with one of my journalists to ask them um, this that's on the PlayStation side yet, um, but does this also mean, like, is this just for the United States, or is this, like, also Japan as well? Because I know Japan still sells, like, their old stuff, like, old game consoles and stuff like that so are is japan still going to be selling their own because if so they're probably going to bump that price up really high i believe it's shutting down for japan too only because a lot of the outlets that i've been looking at for recommendations for preservation have been talking about the japanese stores as well but I did only read the English version of the Sony website release and the features, and it did not delineate between regions. So that's actually a really good point. If you have access to a PlayStation Network account for Japan, you might want to look into whether or not you're under the same deadline. I would say likely that you probably are, because it doesn't really make sense to shut down in, in one particular region when you're doing it on a permanent basis. But again, they, they could be staggering it, and it's something that definitely should probably be looked into. So good point. At this current time, I'm just trying to get a PSP because I really miss them, and they still have them on Amazon <laughs> right now. And it's selling from Japan, so I'm just like, oh, let me get them. But they're still pretty pricey. They're still like, four, they're actually almost close to like $500 still. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pricey. Interesting. All right, well, I want to ask you guys something, you know, along these lines. I can think of a few games I think people should definitely try to grab if they still have their Vita or their PlayStation 3. But I wanted to ask you two, can you think of any games that you would recommend for our listeners that they, if they don't have the license for already, they should try to go out and grab before it's gone for good? For me, I was a big PSP player. I loved it. Again, I love handheld games. Mm -hmm. And if you have a PSP still, I would definitely recommend getting Ridge Racer. It is a very old school kind of game, but great uh, racing game. Beautiful landscapes for it. And if you're just a person that loves racing in general, and and you like great music too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely that's the game. Like I I just recommend that game so much. I and. I, a lot of times I show people the music from here, so uh, it gets them pretty interested. So definitely just go check out Ridge Racer. Cool, cool. What about you, Derek? Nope. I would recommend, especially if you're a big fan of PS1, checking out that PS1 Classic section. Yeah. Because most of those games are $10 or less, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are $6. So it'll be $5.99 for, like, let's say, The Misadventures of Tron Bond. Which yeah. is a Mega Man Legends spinoff, and the physical oh version God. of that game is, I think, two to three hundred dollars. Yeah. So after the store shuts down, if you want to play that game, you're gonna have to drop quite a bit of cash on it. So I'd say check out the PS1 Classic selection. They've got almost every single PS1 RPG on mm-hmm. there. Fighting games. Alundra is uh, a good one platformers. to check out. Yeah, yeah. Alundra, mm-hmm. all the Crash Bandicoots. Like, just get on there and spend a hundred dollars or 200 or whatever on all those rpgs man because it's it, okay, it'll be worth it get, for you turn your ps3 to into a retro rpg machine when you said crash bandicoot <laughs> yeah. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure all right well i would recommend if you're a ratchet and clank fan ratchet deadlocked hd can mm-hmm. only be found on playstation network and there are other games i think into the nexus maybe one of them or quest for booty i think those might it's Quest for into, Booty is digital only. Digital only? Okay. And then into the but Nexus. But you, you can get a PAL version of it. Okay. Disc. Uh, the Ratchet & Clank Future series, you know, grab those because those are going to start to go up in price, probably the HD collection. And mm-hmm. then PlayStation Network Pain 
If you guys remember that, that's where you like use a human catapult to fling somebody at a bunch of destructive oh, yeah. environments. Uh-huh. That's re- get that Tokyo Jungle, where you play as a Pomeranian yep. in, in, uh-huh. in post-apocalyptic Japan, and you go around trying to fight other animals for dominance. And dinosaurs. And you can play as dinosaurs. You can play as a deer. You can play as herbivores and omnivores. Like it's it's really silly and it's very mm-hmm. arcadey. Siren Blood Curse. Really good horror game. A lot of people from Team Silent worked on that. Definitely check that out. Really, House... really good horror game. Yes, yes. House of the Dead 3 and 4. I'm pretty sure, unless you you got like a MAME emulator, you can only get those on PlayStation. So I would definitely grab those if you are if you have PlayStation Move controllers and you're in light gun games. Mm-hmm. That would be my recommendation. And I'm going to put a link in the description of our episode that you can find either on YouTube or, of course, at our hub at Anchor. It is a Reddit link. Somebody actually put together a list of all the games on the PlayStation Network, and they divided them by games that are exclusive, multi-platform, specific to a, a particular generation, like, say, ones that only came out on GameCube or Xbox and PS2. And they also split them up by those that are highly well-received and well-reviewed and ones that were not so well-reviewed. So you have an idea of, like, which target area you want to go for as far as the games that you want to pick up for your own personal library. Oh, so. man, y'all remember a lot more games mm-hmm. than I did. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I've been thinking about this all week. I mean, because we had that heads up last week, and all I could mm-hmm. think about is, oh, my God, what do I want to pick up? You know what I mean? No, <laughs> is this also, this is including also, like, PlayStation 2, correct? Any of the PlayStation 2 classics that haven't been HD remade for PS4. For example, Grandia 3 is one I would mm-hmm. grab, because right now, and, and along with Ratchet Deadlocked, you can only get the re-release on PS3. It doesn't have a PlayStation 4 equivalent, like, say, Rogue Galaxy, I think, does. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, like, uh, Manhunt, something like that. Those are on PS4, so you're okay. So, yeah, and, and again, this Reddit list, I think, should be able to delineate between those titles to help you out. But definitely go to the, like Derek said, go to that classic section. You're going to find a lot of good stuff in there for pretty cheap, especially when you compare it to the physical prices. And Derek... Mm-hmm unlike other resellers, is not going to try to price gouge you or charge you an arm and a leg, but he's got a family to feed. So if you think he's going to charge you six ninety nine for a PlayStation 1 physical disc, you're out of your right. mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to go ahead and try to get the digital content or buy it for a reasonable price from him later if you want. So just still got to get my money. Got to get that money. <laughs> okay. We have, well, this is the way we hustle. <laughs> so speaking of the way we do things Derek I, I got one question for you this week man I just gotta know right. what you feeling I am feeling the DC TV series Doom Patrol Doom on Patrol. HBO Max okay. now this is a show that came out I think three or four years ago I'm not sure on DC's app when they had their own app that uh, kind of failed and was absorbed into HBO I remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's basically a group of kind of mutant misfits of the DC universe that all come under this benefactor father figure character and they're just going on these little mini adventures to try and solve some mysteries that are going on and it's it's weird as hell and I love it. One of the funniest things that I've seen that the show got ragged on a lot for was Cyborg's design in the show. Cyborg is in the show but he's not in the Titans which is was an interesting choice but in this show Cyborg literally just like wears a jumpsuit and all of his cybernetic parts look like plastic and they're just on him. <laughs> it looks like he can just pop them right off. And it looks so bad, but mm-hmm. it's so endearing and I love it anyway. Brendan Fraser's character is basically a brain inside of a robot, but mm-hmm. he's almost better as a giant robot than he is as a human, which is <laughs> That's interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, which is which is great. So I can't really recommend it enough. It's real wacky, very silly. It's not the most amazing thing, but there's going to be something that you see in that show that you enjoy. So, yeah, if you're a fan of DC, check it out on cool. HBO Max, Doom Patrol. Mo, what's your feeling this week? So me, I'm feeling something that hasn't came out yet. Three things that haven't came out yet. Okay. Um, right now, I, I'm feeling the Resident Evil series. You know, this year is the year of Resident Evil, apparently, because we're getting a Resident Evil reboot movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is a, a anime mm-hmm. and our 3D anime. Can we call it that? Hopefully. Yeah, and sure. then we that. have the Resident Evil 7 game coming out. Or no, not 7. I'm sorry. 8. 8. Oh, God. Village. I am old. Ooh, with Mommy <laughs> Dom vampires. Just crush my yes. chest with uh, your heels, Can we talk mommy? about well, everywhere we go, every time someone even pulls up this woman, they're just like, choke me harder. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? Guys, Didn't know we had down. so many submissives in the community. Right. <laughs> There's so many. And I'm just so excited about this. Like, now I'm a uh, Resident Evil ambassador. So I've been like all up in the grill, all up in the business. I mean, I used to go into like when they had the uh, old Resident Evil franchise and be like, all right, what they doing? They on set? This is where they at? Yeah, I was that person. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have just a little bit more faith in the new rebooted movie that's getting ready to come out because of some of the things that I've seen like so the the whole thing of the raccoon city helicopter that landed into the mansion it looks like they actually started recreating the mansion so it looks like when we get the movie we're getting a whole mansion setting again and i'm just like okay which story are they going to take from that deals with the mansion because there's so there's resident evil there's so many mansions um so i'm excited (laughs) for that a little bit i'm still hesitant i don't know what the heck they did in the first franchise i think they only did one right and that was resident evil 2 apocalypse that was the only one that they really did close to the source material debatable Um, (laughs) i I, I can say i can say only reason why i can say that this kind of close because i think the jill the person they assigned for jill was perfect they right off the video game i think that was perfect all the rest of the characters were like, eh, but it was just, for me, it was the whole thing of like, okay, well now we're going into the city and we're seeing how it actually affects the city like the game. Post-apocalyptic, having, yeah, having the post-apocalyptic Raccoon City kind of setting from two and three was cool. My Mm -hmm. favorite part of three was when Mike Epps ran over the zombies and said, GTA, motherfucker. Yeah, I love that part. I was like, like, I feel like Mike Epps kind of made that movie. But (laughs) he was like, uh, let me read the script. Oh, yeah, this is dumb. I can add to this dumbness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Let me. (laughs) For me, too, like the old franchise, I don't understand how they were able to continue and i was trying to go from the mindset of like people who haven't played the game right it probably did well internationally i bet yeah mm-hmm. i just like was it good because people didn't see it it wasn't good because mm-hmm. this was like it was like it, over time i'm looking at it it gets stupider and stupider like i'm just like what how okay whatever um yeah. so who knows i'm just like and where did alice even come from because i mean i've read the books what people don't know is that person is real like she's in the books they know who she is but she's just a regular soldier she's not this just mm. i'm fighting crime whatever she's just a regular human being she's a regular soldier she's the director's wife it. 
that she's yeah, got and director's that's the, wife see, powers. That's the thing. And see, that's why I was just like, I hate when he makes Capcom things because he's the same person that made Monster Hunter. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, I already knew it was bad. Like when people were saying like, oh, it's going to be a Monster Hunter movie coming out. And I was like, well, who's the director? And they said, Paul W.S. Anderson. I was like, it's going to be bad. I already know it. It's going to be pass. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like pass hard. You got to reverse that Drake meme, like Monster Hunter movie. And then like put your mm. face up when it's like, oh, the director. <laughs> no, no. So I already knew it was going to be bad. But to see this now, thank God, Paul is not working on the new movie. And seeing so far what I'm seeing, it looks Mm. intriguing. I don't want to say that I'm too excited because I don't want to get my hopes up. Mm. But it's very intriguing. Another thing is the whole Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. I see that going very well. Netflix, I can say, do some anime things or game things right. Yeah. Yeah, Castlevania is, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I even think they did The Witcher live action very well. Yeah, I'm into um, it. And it was so closer with to this, the books, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. And with, so with this Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, you cannot go wrong with making Resident Evil a CGI, because I swear, every CGI of Resident Evil is fantastic. I have really high hopes, actually, for Infinite Darkness. I'm excited to see it. And then just, I'm also just very excited about Resident Evil 8 Village. I'm so excited for it. I still honestly have to finish playing Resident Evil 7 because the fact that they changed up this ambiance, it's what's getting me. <laughs> My thing was, yeah, I was one of them fans that was like, yeah, make Resident Evil scary again. Make Resident Evil scary again. And then once Capcom said, they was like, oh, really? Bet. <laughs> and then they made it scary. I was just like, I am so sorry. I kind of regret it. Yeah. I, I kind of regret yeah. it. <laughs> Because the way that they're doing the games now is they're letting your mind be the one to scare you. Yeah, that demo on PS5 was dope. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. it it did a really good job, like you said, with the ambiance and Mm -hmm. the sound design and the fact that it's in first person. So I, too, am looking forward to it. I like that they're taking some hints from Resident Evil 4 as far as some of the camp and the aesthetic and they're mm-hmm. marrying that with the success of what they brought to the table to kind of soft reboot it with 7 yeah. and I'm hoping that that combination that they have there can kind of get it back on track from when it derailed on 5 mm-hmm. and 6. 5 and 6 weren't terrible games but I get the disappointment especially with 6 and it definitely felt like the series is going in a direction that people didn't like including myself so I'm glad that they reoriented and it sounds like they're still looking in their back catalog and they're finding things that worked and trying to reincorporate it. Yeah. And that's what it looks like we're getting with Village. So I love this first person camera. You know, yeah. we're all used to the, you know, over the shoulder camera mm-hmm. and the weird angles from back in the days. But I really think that this new level of first person it brought this scare level to a whole different place for, for sure. this game. And now Resident Evil has cemented itself. And just now I am one of the games that outlived almost everyone. <laughs> so it outlived for a reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I mean, I was expecting at the time to be up at the same height uh, for Silent Hill. I thought them two would be kind of like hand in hand, but it outlived Silent Hill, uh, I, which is I surprising. Think, yeah, me. I mean, if when you take the original creative team behind something and you split them apart and they all mm-hmm. leave a publisher, that's going to happen. I feel like even though a lot of creators left Capcom, there are still a lot of people there with a lot of talent. 
and they seem to have more reverence for the stuff that they put out than Konami does. Konami just poorly manages their IP. Mm-hmm. If Team Silent was still together, I think that they'd be given Resident Evil and a lot of other horror games a run for their money. Yeah. And if you follow those creators and where they've gone and what they've done since, you can still find traces of that here and there. But like you said, at this point, there's no contest. It's a little sad to see the horror genre dying and or it comes down to like now it's very small. So when you do get a horror game, it's just like, oh, ooh, what is this? Oh, my God, I got to play this versus like every other genre of game. It's definitely ebbed and flowed. I'm hoping that the success of Village 7 Mm -hmm. before it and, you know, a lot of the indie titles that we're seeing coming out will help kind of continue the revival that we've been seeing. But it's still not enough, I agree, coming out. There needs to be more. So Yeah. So I, I, the only thing that scares me about the whole thing of this year of the Resident Evil is the back-to-back. It's just like, how much are you going to milk it? Because it's almost seeming like, you know, we're getting a Resident Evil almost every year. And then this year we're getting the, the game, then yeah. the TV show, then the movie. So will it still keep the attention for more years and years more after this year are they going to give a break for a bit you know let people miss resident evil you know what i mean i could see an argument for oversaturation especially mm-hmm. if these games were longer like look at assassin's creed however with resident evil there's such short tight action experiences i mean you can beat three in under two hours if you're quick enough I feel like this actually lends itself easier to an annual franchise if they can pull it off. Now, like you said, could there be some burnout? Yeah, but I'm thinking less on the consumer side and more on the developer side. What I would be concerned about is just making sure the creative team isn't just making them for making them sake and they still have genuine passion and ideas driving these games. So if they need to take a year off for that, most definitely. But hey, if they got ideas for days and they're down to clown, put them bad boys out. I want to play me some Resident (laughs) Evil every year, to be honest. That's kind of what I'm feeling for the week. (laughs) Well, right on, right on. I agree with you. I'm super feeling Resident Evil. How about you, Derek? Are you convinced? Are you going to be a Resident Evil fan now? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) is it it more like you're scared of the games or you don't really just you don't really i'm just not i have no doubt that i would enjoy playing them it's just not on my docket i'm a big jrpg action adventure guy that's Uh, that's more my wheelhouse so if they take a lot to play besides that then that's what i'm gonna play i tried i tried man i tried to turn him into a winner with us (laughs) yeah that's okay we'll try again next week don't worry it's it's an ongoing (laughs) struggle that i will not give up on Well, speaking of ongoing struggles, I believe it's about time for me to start editing this episode. So that'll be the end of it. Let me first, again, just thank you, Lady Momo-chan, for uh, stopping in and hanging out with us. It was an awesome, fun conversation. I love getting to know you, and I hope that we can continue kind of supporting and learning from each other as we move forward. Like I said, anybody who is interested, and you should be, I know that you said you're more on Twitch now than YouTube, but tell the people where you're at, where they can find you, what social media sites you go to, where your content is at. And of course, we'll make sure to link it in the description. All my socials is literally at Lady Momo Chen on Instagram, on Facebook, on even Twitch. I'm trying to get it changed over on YouTube, but on YouTube, I'm Nerdy Girl Games. But the good thing is you can just put Lady Momo Chen in YouTube and I pop right up. 
And if you're a person out there that wants to see more representation of yourself and you want to get that shoe in basically on showing who you are, spotlights, even you guys, I would love to represent you guys in my media journalist business. We're all about uplifting other people as well. If you have any stories to tell us, definitely bring it over to Anime Gaming Network. Or if you um, want to look at more of us, we're agnonline365.com. And, and that's pretty much it about me. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Like I said, I'll have those links for those interested in the description. And Derek, people are interested in trying to convince you that Resident Evil is good. They oh, want to yeah. contact you and tell you about mm-hmm. it. Or maybe they want to buy some of them uh, action figures you talked about or other video games, gamer goodies, possibly more. Where can they find mm-hmm. you at? Oh, well, they can find me at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more for all the awesome video games, action figures, and miscellaneous shit that you need in your house with your stimmy check that you just got. And I'm also on Instagram at GamerGoodiesMore and on Twitter at Goodies underscore more. Excellent. And if you want to follow the show, of course, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Player2 is under the pod. You can also locate us on YouTube. Player2 is under the podcast is the name of the channel. And of course, our main hub where we upload episodes every single Sunday. That's anchor.fm slash player two is under the pod. And you can find us wherever podcasts are hosted. That's Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. <laughs> you can also email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, suggestions, criticisms, whatever. And you can find me personally on Twitter. I'm at Mike Peterson AL. And of course, I Twitch stream every week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. You can find the schedule on the channel. And I archive my streams at mcpaperstacksplays on YouTube. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Thank you so much for coming out and listening to us. We really appreciate y'all. Share us around if you uh, dig us. Definitely look into Lady Momo Chan. Her streams are a lot of fun. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.